This is a post-Christian podcast. We are the sacred collective. All are respected. All are heard. All are welcomed. Join us. Back? Is this it? Yeah, I'm back. I just started recording again. Oh, perfect. We back. Yep. All right. Well, so now I've revealed the truth of the word to you. Uh, did you have it? What's your first thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I like it a lot. Um, there's uh, a lot of familiar ideas to me in there for sure. Um, and then I <clears throat> I had some, and then it also reminded me of some other um, kind of abstract philosophical and theological ideas that I wanted to share with you also and see what what you think of, if it might fit in. Oh. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So, um, you kind of reminded me, uh, um, you, you did a really good job structuring, uh, how you presented it. Um, because a lot of, yeah, you can't just say like, Hey, what if whatever, Hey, do you think that, and then just, you can't just present it and then they're just, they just think you're crazy and they're not listening anymore. Yeah. It it, it was, I, I just know it was, it was really good specifically because, um, it brought me the, the, the analogies that we were laying out at the very beginning you know, uh, fully tied in at the end, like, like the whole thing. Honestly, I was more, I was more telling you the story of how my thought processes, right. Cause so at that point I'm like, wait a minute, I'm trying to figure out how consciousness works by using analogies. Did I just convince myself that the Bible might be more accurate than I thought? (laughs) How how did that happen? Right. Like any good scientist, you have to look for more evidence Uh and see whether that evidence supports or backs it up. And we'll, we'll get to some examples of that. But I want to hear whatever it was that you were going to add. Okay. Yeah. So I have, I have quite a few thoughts. Um, first, uh, this is just a real quick, like knee jerk, um, kind of, uh, reaction as, as a, a a person who's often, you know, critical, I I think I'm a pretty critical thinker. Um, yes, but, uh, is that uh, it's almost like I, I could see an argument. I could see a conclusion being that um, the the assemblage of the Bible, which the Bible is obviously um, just it's like sixty six books. It's not one book, you know. Yeah. Um, it's or, almost like it's the accumulation it's a, of its memories over time. Yeah, that helps, right. It's a it's the uh, word decision of God. anyone. It's, yeah, it's a some sort of physical encoding. Yeah. of what its thoughts were at the time exactly, and where yeah. they led it so that it can learn from its past. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm, totally. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, I could see an argument being made logically from that whole, uh, all the, all those, the presentation of all those facts and stuff and theories. Um, it being that the Bible is, that's a good argument for saying the Bible is a work of art. Um, because like how, uh, how Picasso defined art. He said that uh, a, a, yep. a piece is a work of art if um, you can look at it and get like you know more than a hundred meanings from it. He had some arbitrary number yeah. that he put oh, yeah, on yeah. just to. Uh, but 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 the, the, it's, it's adaptive. It's it's art. It's a piece of art because it's adaptive because the people who wrote it would not have you know unless there were a divine force, which we're yeah. not even we're not even talking about that. But yeah, uh, I don't even care if that's true. I, or yeah, not. I don't. I'm yeah, we're not. I don't want to. I don't want to. That, that's the only thing I want to say is unless there's a word divine for it, but we're not talking about that. But um, no, no. the only that 
they those people were not asking the questions that, that we are asking, could not even conceive of the questions that we're asking, and could not even. You're obviously bringing science and mathematics into it when they to when this was written in a culture that didn't have science or mathematics near you know what we understand or or arguably even at all in the way that we define those things now. Um, so yeah, so that's one observation is that like even if that were not the original intent of the authors. Uh, the, right. the, your explanation is like a very like is a good argument that it's like a piece of art because you can you can extrapolate um, a more relevant uh, definition and and lend validity to something you're you're lending validity to the Bible that it didn't deserve it doesn't deserve like doesn't innately like a piece of you know a book doesn't innately deserve uh, scrutiny or anything like that but but it's it's kind of cool that you were able to. Uh, to to scrutinize it and then backtrack yourself and scientifically check yourself uh, for an artistic argument almost, you know, which is kind of cool. And then uh, another thought that I had was, um, especially in such early humans, the idea of like the whole back to the baby in a room thing, uh, a baby in a room with computers, you know, asking, you know, who made them if the historical answer is the people who came before you or the hyper consciousness or the collective consciousness then you know a, an easy shortcut for, for someone who can't understand who can't conceive of all that is just saying oh it's god you know it's the, the divine yeah um and, and so go ahead interject one little point yeah, yeah. it does there you know there, it's easy to identify that there's kind of this uh this cyclical nature to it like the oh chicken and god. the egg so much yeah it's almost as if it's some kind of uh, rare, naturally occurring, self-reinforcing loop. Yeah, yeah. It's like they can it, use inputs and outputs as each other's inputs and outputs. Totally. Yeah. Which came first, the humans or the deities? You know. Yeah. Because um, yeah, the idea of us but in, uh, this, in this hypothesis in this framework, it, it would kind of be a, a co-mutual. Mm. Yeah, your, your senses, your your chemicals that describe the world to you mm-hmm. evolve as you interact with the world in different ways. Totally, it's like yep. a self reinforcing process in that tier. That's absolutely, and then that leads me to the the philosophical point or uh, theological. It's kind of a little bit of both. Um, is this idea that actually a, a, a pretty successful philosopher? Who's best friends with uh, with Jay Baker, um, who I do half my shows with and stuff. Um, okay, but anyway, so he he's a friend of a friend, but he's a he's actually a pretty successful philosopher and author. But he talks about the idea of a virtual truth. So what this is is oh. an in a, an entity or a virtual entity or a virtual truth or a, a virtual. Um, noun a virtual uh item or object is is something that's untangible and that the factual existence of it therefore because it's not physical or or tangible at all the factual existence of it is uh rendered moot it doesn't even matter so long as the tribe or the hive collectively uh, agrees and behaves as though it is real and so you can see that with like uh modern day like with justice like we decide that justice is real and needs to be pursued and upheld and so because we decide to engage with 
uh, justice as you know an elevated thing that we're we're pursuing, then therefore we're making justice real by participating in it. We're making it real. So the event or the the action of 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 engaging with the thought of it is almost bringing it into reality as a force. It's not an innate force like gravity or something like that. Justice isn't an innate force like gravity, but it's a force that is real in our society. You know, it's sometimes a lot weaker, like we started to talking about uh, with what the, the social upheaval that's going on right now. Um, but, you know, it, it's this idea. And, and um, so in another application of that would be to say like uh to get more biblical again is saying like demons would be a virtual entity because like in their culture they see people you know it's probably you know, people with like mental issues or something or people with uh, dissociated personality disorder or something they think are possessed but because in their culture they have the traditions of it and word like you said earlier words for it um it is it, it, to them, in that culture, to them it is real because they interact with it and they see it and they, they talk about it and they have a word for it, uh, you know, even though it's an intangible thing that obviously scientifically doesn't, it doesn't exist. But to them in their culture, within their vocabulary, it's referencing a thing that they, they are experiencing and that they're interacting with. And so, right. and, and so then you could say that, that God is a virtual entity because... Um, enough people de- decide that okay we see the wind blowing the branch that's that's god's hand or whatever it is it's right. part of it is just is 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 vocabulary really and then um and then a part of it you could say is is part of the belief or the culture uh an element of the culture that it's in or whatever what do you think about and that? god and god said as you do on earth shows so shall it be in heaven yeah so i guess like so so yeah so shall the future be whatever you do now is gonna well no so it's oh so shall be internally is that what you're it's comprised if it it were comprised of all these internal of all these separate awarenesses that Mm. it amalgamates Uh, into its hierarchy of, of of awarenesses yeah if you apply that virtual thing towards the step in the hierarchy mm-hmm. that goes all the way from quantum physics up to my consciousness, at least in the way that I'm describing things, yeah. there might be mathematical reasons that mean it's irrelevant, but I don't know. I'm just yeah. doing, I'm really, I'm doing philosophy more than math. Yeah. Really. You I'm not using math for inspiration. Uh-huh. But so in terms of our analogy where we're all just, we're just the ones, the certain step on the hierarchy of decision making and labeling and voting of what the reaction to take or or judging yeah. what next action will be our consciousness is just on our the, we're just that step of that hierarchy you know we experience cos- cognitive dis- dissonance when yeah. uh, physical effects make us take actions that are beneath our hierarchy it's disconcerting to have your body make decisions on its own that's mm. an uncomfortable feeling mm-hmm. uh and and so if the if you just say uh, it's irrelevant because the next step on that hierarchy is virtual, well, all of these properties emerge just from data patterns. The step between electrons causing a neural transmitter to fire chemical three instead of chemical two, 
that just creates a virtual hyper mind that sees what all of us little cells are doing. So that, that just still just follows through. It's just the next step in that. Yeah. And, and the idea of a virtual entity is saying like it, it, it wouldn't like scientifically speaking, it wouldn't have, it doesn't exist, I guess, scientifically or physically. It doesn't. And, and, and so therefore it, it wouldn't have an, an internal experience in, in and of itself. So it'd, it'd be like, okay, well then that the hyper mind wouldn't have an ex- it, if it were a virtual entity, um, then it wouldn't have an internal experience. It wouldn't it wouldn't experience consciousness, but it would be an element that we we interact with or that people in that culture interact with because um, because they all think it's real, and so they sort of manifest it. They sort of by participating in it, they make it real. Kind of like with the the justice analogy. Right, but what I'm saying is that if you look at it the other way, where we're the ones on the receiving end of that train of thought, that logic would apply equally well that we're not real. And mm. okay, that checks out. So right. I don't. I think it's all an illusion anyway. So that's right in line with that. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I agree that they would create a, a virtual. But hey, you know what? Uh, quantum physics creates virtual particles. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was waiting for you. To get Heisen, back to this. Heisenberg's uncertainty principle yep. says that you can't. There's different things that you can't know both of them at once uh-huh. uh for the listeners of this show that are maybe are more philosophically versed and not as science versed, this comes up because okay so say you need to make your best guess of where a tennis ball is and how fast it's going based on a photograph that's given to you uh-huh. and if the ball's traveling through the frame really fast it'll be kind of like a blurred streak and you can say okay well it's somewhere in there right and how fast is it is it going? And you can say, okay, the frame rate of the camera, mm-hmm. information from this amount of time, it appears to be this big. We can figure out how, about how fast it was going. So we can get pretty close to both of them. Right, right. right. But if, if you take it to the very extremes where the exposure is so long that the ball looks like a line drawn through the whole thing, mm-hmm. then asking where it is is meaningless. Right. And if you take a fast enough picture that it just looks like a still ball hanging in the air, uh-huh, uh-huh. asking how fast, how fast it's going is mean. Right, yep. Right. So you can't you can't totally know both of those both. things yes. from the viewpoint. You can get both of them pretty close, uh-huh. right? But you can't get them both exactly. Right. And that is a rule that seems to manifest very odd properties in quantum physics. Right. Where as long as, like, say, antimatter and matter... Uh-huh. Spring into existence, hit each other and annihilate. If they do that faster than the allowable time to measure, mm-hmm. then it doesn't actually violate the laws of physics because the energy has stayed the same or it's the whole thing. But you can measure it and you can put two plates together in a total vacuum. Mm. That's the, And so all the virtual particles flickering in and out of existence all around it everywhere, they're happening in the space between your cells and every piece of empty space is mm-hmm. filled with... Well, if they have a certain wavelength and the plates are close enough that some wavelengths can't exist inside of them and some can, yeah. then they're going to have less virtual particles form and deform between them, mm. which even in a vacuum manifests as a force that pushes them together. Mm. So, I mean, like, it doesn't matter if information is information. That's what we use to make our decisions. So information can be one of our inputs. Mm -hmm. Totally. That would be at least how I would, you know, defend that. If I was going to be the devil's argument, uh, devil's advocate that says that this is all 
this this is it. This is the explanation. <laughs> this is the one. I did it. I solved it. You solved it. Yeah. So you, but I mean, how would you tell? You'd have to find examples, right? Mm-hmm. You got to disprove it somehow if you want to, like, because if you're just right. thinking about you it, no hypothesis. I'm not about to start a church of the hypermind here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yet I might. Yet we'll see. Ooh. We'll see. Uh, but, Which came first, the church or the yeah. conceit? So you know, it's a curious thing. So let's let's analyze because I played this game a lot. I was I was I grew up like I told you before, being forced to be religious and yep. going. No, wait, read this. None of that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. How can? How, why is he saving them from a destruction that he created? <laughs> but yeah. there's no timetable to work with. Mm-hmm. Why did did his divine plan include last minute haste? Right, doesn't make any kind of sense. <laughs> yeah. Like even right, and then right. so then maybe you think of it like, all right, maybe it, maybe there's not nothing whatsoever, and it's just humans all the way down, and they're either coming up with a story, maybe they're making art, maybe they're doing this, but then there's some really weird stuff in there other places that doesn't that contradicts that. Right. Um, yeah. Like, uh, and again, like the, the idea of an all powerful, like, why would you, if it was humans making it up, you'd think that they'd see the flaw in an all powerful creature that Mm. is the essence of mercy and will still subjugate you to eternal torture for not following petty grievances, Uh despite telling you that the whatever you come up with amongst yourselves is how it'll be in the great kingdom of heaven right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's like, no matter how you frame it, that just is not, there's nothing rational about that. That doesn't right. make sense. Yeah. Right? Right. And I've never, and there's lots of little points like that. I, I'm happy he shall be that dasheth thy little one against the stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one that I always really liked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and because, because this one's not, this one's New Testament. This is even after we've changed. We've learned our lesson, right? We're going right. to re- we hold on, be a little bit more peaceful about this. Uh, where Jesus says, "Think not that I came to bring peace on earth. I bring not peace, but a sword to defy the father against his son and a mother against his daughter." Mm-hmm. What's what the heck? What's that all about? Yeah, I I've heard I've heard Christ, I've heard some different Christian arguments about it, but yeah, I mean at the end of the day, well, yeah, what yeah, the hell is it all can, about? Yeah, all right, and you can twist your words to be like, okay, I thought of it. If you look at it this way, right, then it makes sense. But that's coming at it with a with a preconceived conclusion, and then and and then filling in the blanks so that it looks like it's a logical argument, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But but even then, what you'll find is if you find a starting set of premises that explain why why is jesus talking about a sword to divide families what's that all about oh it's because he's really representing this metaphorically and but then if you take that metaphor and say well then if you apply that here this doesn't you know but the whole i've never seen one that in a way that you don't have to kind of fudge some stuff over oh totally yeah yeah no beyond the initial set of starting premises right totally yep in terms of playing this idea forward and seeing yeah, you know, I'm not moved. I'm not trying to reevaluate how I do things. Mm. But this is interesting enough that I want to see how it would play out if we spool. And I'm already so deep into internal dissent that, like, yeah, whatever. Sky's the limit. Sure, <laughs> There's yeah. no rules. I'll, I'll ponder anything. Yeah. Know? Yeah, and a lot, of, a lot of what you're saying um, 
I think the reason some of it's ringing some bells with me is like there there are uh, you know uh, theologians and uh, there's a lot of modern current contemporary thinkers you know who who are uh, asking very similar questions um, and it's, it's it is becoming in in um, what's called radical theology or, or pyro theology the the, the question oh, no. of the, of the absolute factual existence of God is becoming less and less important and it's a boring and tired question of uh, theism versus atheism so it's like trying to move the conversation past that that dead horse that you know the question of the factual existence or non-existence of god and uh but but yeah so yeah there's uh if you want to keep digging there's a lot of digging to be done for sure following that going down that rabbit hole i've done i've I'm, done some digging oh, i can tell I'd like to <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to share a couple thoughts with you, okay? Please. But but it requires one more premises that I have to lay down as like, you know, I, I acknowledge that this is an aspect where there's weirdness that doesn't make sense, and uh-huh. then we fit it into our worldview. Right. But afterwards, I've yet to find a part in the Bible that doesn't make sense with like the the starting core. Wow. Oh my god. Uh, this sounds like a case for Christ. Remember that book? And they made it a movie. No, I, I, no idea what you're talking about. Oh my god! It's but just... okay, so oh god, <laughs> is it is it a, an edge not a fiction or a nonfiction? It's book? nonfiction, but it, it's supposed to be nonfiction. It's this, it's it's supposed to be this big moving story. You're probably out of the church by the time that this was the big thing, uh, because I remember when I was a kid. But uh, is this thing where like this supposedly this atheist scientist went out to finally. Uh, scientifically disprove the existence of God, and in that process, he met Jesus, and now he's like an adamant Christian, and that's the story. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, but yeah. It, but yeah, I was I was I was just joking, like that. Oh, so like now you've you've scientifically uh, found mm-hmm. your way back into the Bible. Exactly. Yeah, uh, and not just the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um. Islam makes it very clear, as far as I understand it, I haven't had as much experience, but as far as I understand it, in their view, God commanded with words uh-huh. the earth into existence. There's that power, the power of the word. Yeah. You know? uh-huh. And if you think about when your body is doing stuff automatically, right? When it's mm-hmm. doing its routine business mm-hmm. and you're just left in idle daydreaming or whatever, it, it's pretty easy to imagine that maybe the less rich your vocabulary or the more you're willing to give into it, you spend mm-hmm. less time thinking as you just kind of go with the flow. I know yeah. when I'm at work and things get super busy, you know, it seems like all the time goes by in an instant because you don't sure. have time to think. So yeah. you don't have time to actively catalog the things that are happening. You just have to react on muscle memory. Right. Yeah. Why you train to fight so that when the heat of the moment, mm-hmm. when it's just raw chemicals dictating everything, you don't have to think about your moves. Right. They're built in, mm-hmm. and you just go on autopilot. Yep. Uh, you can't think about what you want your body to do faster than your body does it. Yes. It's too written in. It's hardwired. It's at that, you know, so right. you can only think of the overall. You can only think of the big picture, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and so... I'm kind of, you know, bound, like I said, I was spiraling into madness because <laughs> I'm bouncing all the different ideas. I'm presenting them to you as whole coherent thoughts. Right. 
but it kind of just like they were all put on different ends of a wheel that I was inside and you spun it. And I'm oh, like, I'm wow. thinking about this for the next 10 minutes and uh-huh. then move on to the next one. And kind of they all just happened to converge at the same spot. That's pretty wild. Uh, but so, all right, what's the actual, let's, but this is all confusing. Let's make black boxes and just describe it that way. Like we've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have, uh, let me see, you have some mechanism that translates what's physically happening with the information in your brain mm-hmm. to your consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. And we can represent that with a data structure that's just like a grid of a, a matrix of which neurons connect to which neurons. Mm-hmm. And like I said, um, the figure that I remember is that out of 30,000 connections, about 10 neurons firing will cause the next neuron in the line to, to go off, right? Thir- wait, 30,000 will, will cause one neuron? No, no, no. So uh, the information that I remember, and I might have these specific yeah, numbers yeah, yeah. a little bit off, but the ratio is about, you know, it's close enough that I'm not worried about yeah. blatantly lying to you. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, a single neuron can be connected to up to 30,000 That's neurons. Okay, yeah, that's okay. I remember that yeah. one from earlier. I was, I must have been, and, yeah. but, but each thing that they, each, any idea that the 10 neurons that are linked come together to form a new idea, you know, it yeah. only takes about 10 to 20, they said to fire the, the neuron. Uh-huh. Uh, and that number continues to be significant in a lot of things I'm thinking about because there's a, there's a premise in, data storage and data handling mm. where the the more zeros that there are in a matrix mm-hmm. uh the ratio of that determines how easy it is to compress that down when you when you when you zip a file on your computer mm-hmm. the more zeros in that ones and zeros uh the easier it is to compress it into a smaller like the more that uh, there are okay. in a, Right. If you can so you're say saying that there's more data in a one than in a zero. Well, in the way we translate stuff to math, a lot of times we either use that as to say like this property, uh-huh. right? A one would represent these two neurons are connected. Yeah. And the, uh-huh. This neurons column and this neurons row. If that intersection is a one, uh-huh. uh, then then that represents that neuron sending its information uh-huh. to this one. You know. Right. Uh, or being connected, or however you want to look at it, you can map it this kind mm-hmm. of matrix. And mm-hmm. the idea of thirty thousand neurons connecting to uh, or synapses, I mean, uh, and only ten of them needing to fire. Well, that would look like a, a matrix of numbers that was thirty thousand rows and columns mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. all of that zeros and ten of them being and only ones. Ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being okay. Ones. And there's that real premise of uh, that premise comes up a lot of the the amount of zeros in the overall pattern. Uh-huh. is really relevant and actually it's even related to entropy and how the you know if you think of it that way then the natural entropy of the system is that all the ones and zeros would eventually drift towards being the same value uh-huh. and that we are just the chaos that emerges from within the overall mathematic representation whatever it may represent we may never know that but we can map it to this number system that then we can map into an analogy for how things work uh-huh. and and no matter what area of that you're looking at it it seems like really important when you're encoding things how 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 sparse is the terminology that you use for that matrix but how 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 
far apart, the relevant bits of information are spread, right? You, you convey more message that way. If the whole thing's lit up, that's just chaos. That's just noise. That's right. just all your uh-huh. brain cells firing at once. Uh-huh. And that's like what happens when you have a seizure. You can't think during that. Mm-hmm. Overload. But what that has me thinking that technology increases how quickly we communicate with each other, yes. right? Uh-huh. So if we're going to explore the analogy of the Bible being a misinterpretation of a hypermind, then what would, what would technology do in that scenario, right? Well, the overall pattern through a lot of the beginning of the Old Testament mm-hmm. uh, is that God chooses somebody that he likes. Yep. And he says, you're the man. You're the mm-hmm. best representation of worshiping me. Right. Like, what's good for me. Yeah. Right? You're the term, uh, a righteous, he, he was a righteous man. That's, I hear that a lot. Yes. He was righteous. In yes. the Lord's sight. Yeah. And they get selected mm-hmm. and he says, I'm going to build a nation out of you. Right. And then we say, okay, so he's going to be like a King. Okay. Uh, now he says, I'm going to build a nation of you. Mm-hmm. And then the nation comes about and then God's nowhere to be seen. Bible doesn't narrate any of that. Right. That's all done. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, that's the cycle. And then they fall away. Uh There's a flood or a whatever, a volcano, Uh or he's just going to decide to destroy something, right? Uh But the very initial premise was that if there is, like, there's obviously going to be some kind of miscommunication there. And all of the miscommunication, we're going to assume, stems from them not having the labels to articulate. He might be able, like, the hypermind might be able to trick the map of the idea, but mm-hmm. you just don't have any words that contain that map. Yeah. So okay. the closest thing to those ideas, uh-huh. and they might be similar words, right. but it might not be. Yeah. And most religions' problems is that they just, like, their starting premises is wrong. That they start with, okay, it's perfect, it's all of everything. Yeah. And immortal. And undying and incapable of flaw. Uh-huh. But in this, it's like, it starts out the beginning of Genesis is like kind of a scared creature that's just like, what's going on? Oh, I love this food. Wait a minute. Humans always kill each other. It actually says that in like, I don't know, I think it was like the fourth or fifth page. And then it was like, and this happened and this happened. And humans did kill each other wherever they go, right? Mm. So now this thing is kind of realizing that like, oh man, I'm made of some pretty flawed constituent parts. Uh uh And now, as I've noticed, after I've divided into four cities and finally enough cultural drift has happened that, uh, you know, take a look around the news and tell me what you think a hypothetical hypermind's fragmenting into a split personality would look like. Right now? It would look like right now. This is what it would look like from our view if an overall consciousness fragmented because its its mesh of ideas became too dissonant, right? They conglomerated together on opposite sides of an issue, right? Mm-hmm. They define words using opposite keys. Mm-hmm. You know? the, the primitive example or the deconstructing words idea I gave you, in my mind, the first word was threat. And... What do these sides do? Whether you're, you know, it doesn't matter which side you're on. They, they tell you what the threat of the thing is. Yeah. Yep. You, you, you trick somebody into thinking a political party yeah. represents. Threat, yep. And yep. that hijacks the rest of their functions. Yes. If you internalize that with the threat tag, 
then you're going to skip the rest of those steps that you get mad about skipping. Right. When something scares you and you jump, even though you realize in half a second, it's not something you're scared of. Right. Yep. And so I don't know about you, but if I woke up into that kind of situation and didn't understand it yet, because the things I was made of hadn't even come up with the words to use for it yet, I'd be pretty wrathful too. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. It'd be as a scared, uh, like, like a scared lion or a bear, you know? Or even, you know, what happens, what happens if this Fertile Crescent is the first time that humans have such a burst of population and, and easiness and goodness? Because it was really all good. God made sure to specify that all of that was good. Uh-huh. The humans killing each other, that's not good. That's yeah. evil. But the, the, all the other stuff, that's really good. He likes that. Or it likes that. Uh-huh. Or we like that. Yeah, yeah, we. Or how you, yeah. Uh-huh. you know. Uh. And and so you know it, it tries to make a bunch of laws. Don't uh-huh. don't hey anytime you eat that animal without cooking it you die. Right. I don't nah no 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 no. Right, right, right. I had a group myself raise these things and they all died a whatever. <laughs> yeah. That is not a clean animal. Right. Only touch the clean animals. Uh huh. Yeah. Hey 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 your neighbor just killed somebody because they were arguing over a woman. Uh huh. We're gonna have a compact like we do and make a covenant with each yes. other. Uh huh. And be of one flesh, uh-huh. so you don't. So we don't have these disputes. Exactly. Yep. It's organic, really. And then, and yeah. then that organic rule um, becomes misapplied, or um, or or just made into a stagnant, non-flexible law. You know, right. one size yeah. fits all. It doesn't oh, work. And then people assume they're eternal. But oh, God, yeah. But like, okay, so if I store the memory of a time that I was like scared of a spider when I was a kid, now that image tags that chemical and that tags that memory mm. and that ancient primal emotional memory still resonates in my physical right. hard copy of my memory of myself. Yeah. But as an adult, like I would never act the same ways. I can right. use those memories to learn from myself yes. and continue advancing my behavior Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm a kid, if I lose a video game and punch the wall and then realize in hindsight, uh, that hurt. Yeah. And I got to fix Probably the wall. The best reaction, to that problem. Uh-huh. I need to problem solve and think about this a little more. Right. Yeah. Something that was really useful to me back when I was still like fully, you know, a believer and stuff, but I was first starting to deconstruct my worldview, um, mm-hmm. was seeing, when I, when I was first, I guess maybe this is what first allowed me, you know, this is a long ass time ago, what first allowed me or gave me permission in my own head uh, to question the infallibility of the Bible or the divine inspiration and all that was seeing it, seeing, um, seeing it as, uh, I guess, I'm trying to think of the words, it would almost be like a hypermind, but seeing it as like, this is the story of humanity, and when humanity is young, uh, you're, well, one thing, you're stupid when you're young, another thing, you need stagnant rules, never, ever, ever touch the stovetop, never, ever, ever run or walk into the street, you know, and then as you get older, you learn the nuances of it, and you learn, oh, that's why we had this rule, like you said, oh, eating, 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 you you understand it enough, you don't even need to have the debate about what exactly and that's why when christ and and 
a Christian would say that that's why when uh, Christ came to say, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, because now you're old enough to understand, you should be mature yeah. enough to understand the, that you don't need like these thousands and thousands of fucking, you know, tedious laws. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He narrowed it down to just the concept. Yeah. He was like, no, 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 you, you, you're following the letter of the law. That was his whole yes. pitch. Yep. Don't get hung up on the letter. Think of how it really impacts us. Right. And, uh, you know, I don't know what your New Testament knowledge is. I imagine it's pretty good. But what was the way that Jesus would respond anytime someone asked him if he was the son of God? Uh, there's one time when he refers to himself as son of God. He always calls himself son of man, though. Yeah, they say, are you the son of God? And mm-hmm. he says, I'm the son of man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is one, there's one part, there's one time when, I, I don't remember which gospel's in, but yeah, where he calls himself the son of God. But uh, a lot of that's, of course, amended and, and, and put in, and, and even just the influence, oh. it's hilarious, even just the influence that a single... edited, yeah. Well, the, it's, yeah. It, 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 it's crazy the influence, I was going to say, though, that a single dictator can have like a king. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know, like, like literally just be like, I don't like that. And so they just change it on a whim. Oh yeah. 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 I always used to love the King James Bible yes. to read my Bible trivia because it sounded so Shakespearean. It kind of lent right. this air of importance. Romanticized. You know? But then now I'm a little older. I got a little older and I'm like, I don't think I want to read a Bible that has King right in the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the, oh my God. Can you imagine the, the name? Can you imagine the Trump-approved Bible? Yeah, yeah. The the King Trump version? Oh, my God. Oh, no. Uh, Trump is 100% an Antichrist, but they don't use the term Antichrist a whole lot in the actual. That's all, like, later stuff that you learn in catechism. But uh, that's a whole other topic of why and... uh, Uh Yeah, actually, Antichrist is mostly used um, just to describe people... Who who are like uh, trying to be deceptive and stuff like it like in uh, in John's letters like in First John it says beware like there's these teachers out there that are false prophets and they're antichrists and it's literally just like people who are against the idea of like you know oh yeah religious love uh, that's one of the recurring themes and that's one of the things that made me so mad at the hypocrites around me when I was a kid learning that I yeah. didn't religion was all that is that. Hey guys, do you actually read this book? See this entire thing. Jesus is only talking about not being like greedy with money. The whole thing is about money and how you treat poor people. Yeah. Like he really only seems to care about how you're missing (laughs) money. It's really what it all comes down to. Yeah. Oh, but the one time you got my mom to throw a bunch of money in your little cup. So I guess that works. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. God, prosperity gospel, that whole, um, we are uh, in, in, on this topic, though, of uh, seeing how much of it maps out to the actual books, right? That's that's a whole other thing about how that plays into like, OK, hold on. We're going to try this again. We're hold on. Yeah. We, our mistakes. Yeah. Uh, let's just let's just continue following the hypothesis, regardless of whether sure. we think it's true or whether that yeah, even yeah. affects how no, it's fun. I want, like, it. yeah, if I don't if I discover definitive proof that there is or isn't free will, I feel like I'd still be doing the same thing tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think, and then the presumption of the, di- the di- dichotomy of just that graph of, of, of the binary of free will versus, uh, or, you know, predestination is, is a construct, you know? And, and, and we've, like, I just, you know, I gave you an example of that where the free will at one layer 
makes us question our free will at another layer because yeah. it's all part of a, of a hierarchy. Yep. And, uh, okay. So I was inspired by Einstein a lot. I'm not saying I'm Einstein, but I was inspired by <laughs> his method. Sure. Uh, and again, it's a matter of translation because his first thing, special relativity, the one that really like, Oh, that changed everything. Yeah. Time, time and space are, are relative depending right. on your speed. That's crazy town. Yeah. There's you, you can follow the entire proof for that with just high school level trigonometry. Uh-huh. That's all you need. He doodled it on a napkin or for all intents and purposes. Right. 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 It, so the math wasn't the hard part. Uh-huh. It was just the idea because his idea that let him do that was, Hey, what if you built a clock out of bouncing a beam of light back and forth in a mirror and counting how many times it does it. Mm-hmm. And then that value would change depending on how it moves and how we move when we look at it. Mm-hmm. And that just like that idea, that map opened up this big giant can of worms. Right. Mm-hmm. And it solved a lot of stuff, but it didn't solve a few things. And so Einstein, legendary, biggest genius of all time, spent the next 10 years researching all of the different kinds of math he needed to teach himself to even explore the idea that he unraveled. Mm. So it's like, and and that he was like looking up texts from 1800s mathematicians who were just doing math for fun and just happened to come up with a problem that related to his. That's cool. I didn't know this story. Yeah, and it's it's obviously more complicated, but at the end of the day, the general relativity is how does the Pythagorean theorem, a squared plus b mm-hmm. squared plus c squared, work if the paper it's drawn on is bent at any given angle or any right. given shape? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And then if you extrapolate that up to four dimensions, you find out that that gives you the answer to the path that light takes through space and time. Yeah. That matter is warping the space around it. Right. But that means that you have to figure, I couldn't figure out the Pythagorean theorem for bent paper in two dimensions. He had to figure it out in four. Right. Right. Was the idea, the concept he got, Mm -hmm. he just couldn't translate it to the, to Mm, the math. Yeah. And then when he did, everything kind of came together, you know? Uh huh. Yeah. Hey, when you're talking something else, um, this that uh, I don't know why I just popped back in my head that um, you were talking about earlier uh, with quantum physics. Uh, there's just so much that just does not make sense, and you know, comparing it to our to what's what's what are we mega physics or just regular physics? No, uh, we're we're classical. We're classical classical physics. physics. So like yeah. how. Um, like how when they're in their orbits, when an electron changes uh, its orbit or which ring it's in, it doesn't like it doesn't gradually like migrate from one to the other. It just like pops out of orbit and pops into the right into the other one. Yeah, um, the reason when they discovered that that was a big deal was because they thought light was continuous; that it didn't matter what distances you cut it up into. What do you and mean? What they had found. What do you mean distances? Uh, oh, oh I, like a string. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That you could just cut it cut wherever it. you yeah, want. Yeah, I got you. Because that's what how that's how math that's, works. Math is continuous, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Two divided by three is is in the world of math. It's not point six 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 six. Right. It's two divided by three, 
which is by itself a number that cannot be expressed with whole numbers. Right. It is a rational number that only exists in the ratio between two different things. Uh, the thing with quantum physics is they just thought that since light is like a wave, that it would be continuous, like right. wave functions tend to be in math. Uh-huh. Uh, but then we found out that and, waves but, and particles aren't actually that Yeah, at the smallest easily. level, they're actually divided into discrete chunks. Uh-huh. Or another term for a discrete chunk is a quanta of something, quantum mechanics. Uh-huh. So that's, yeah, that's where that came from. That changed everything. The big thing about quantum mechanics, though, is that at the end of the day, the equation doesn't tell you where something will be at Mm. the next step. Mm. It tells you all the places that it might go after where it's at right now. Okay. That makes sense. It might be any of those. It might be any of those. Uh And you can measure where it's at. Uh And it will be at one of those places. But then after that, now it follows classical rules, like the kind of laws of mm. physics that mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Then it is in that one spot traveling in that one direction. Mm-hmm. It's no longer the possibility, right? Right, right, that's, right. That's where that whole observation yeah. equals. Because, and, and that's one of the, the outlooks on that, is that, oh, well, observation is just a term for interaction, right? We can't see it without bouncing light off of it. Exactly. And when the light hits it, they interact. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And so now it's been interacted with. It had uh-huh. to, you know, destabilized into like, okay, this is what it actually is, you yeah. know, instead of it potentially is. Uh-huh. Which, which is like, I don't know why that should be a weird premise to us outside of math. We're familiar with the idea of potential energy being just the higher you hold something off the ground. Right, right, right. right. So... I don't know, potentials are something that we can tangibly, you know, you can, you, you have to use the imaginary number to solve engineering problems that mm. it, correctly, but it's, it's still an abstract imaginary. Kind right. Of place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, a, a placeholder kind of like how dark matter composes 97% of the matter in the universe, but we, it's, it's just a placeholder. We don't even know what it is. We can't even observe it. Really. Well, we, we can kind of observe it, but. But we don't even know what it is. Uh, 97%, man. There's a lot of... Okay, well, so at the end... Of the, let, me, let me use a concrete example uh-huh. of the differences between building a quantum computer and a regular computer and okay. how, how the quantum nature makes some weirdness happen, okay? okay. So a quantum computer or a, a regular computer, it's all ones and zeros, mm-hmm. on and off. Uh, you can store two... Say, say you store three bits, Three ones and zeros. Uh-huh. Well, you can make one, ten, eleven, hundred, hundred and one, hundred and ten, hundred and eleven. That's it. Okay. You can make, you know, that's how many numbers you can uh-huh. make. Uh-huh. Uh, the all the combinations. Uh-huh. Um, quantum mechanics, until you measure something, can be two different probabilities at once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can, in this case, say you have a quantum bit that seventy percent of the time is a one. And 30% of the time is a zero. Mm. Or it also exists as a state that is always one. Mm. And yeah, right. Possibilities and all the outcomes are like all contained within it in total. Mm-hmm. So you can use like every number that you could represent with three bits of information. You can represent all those numbers at the same time with three qubit bits of information. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But then the problem is when you think about the memory of the situation that measuring 
the quantum world collapses it into a single classical world. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. So how do you have memory? What if Ooh. you read a text file and that deleted the text file by reading it, right? How mm-hmm. how do you make a computer like that? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I can, I can, as a programmer, see the value. You know, they talk about how, oh, well, once... In, in like really simplified terms, once we have a functional enough computer, a quantum computer, well, it could solve all of the passwords on the internet by just trying all of them simultaneously, right? And extract, uh-huh. measuring the one that works, right? You know, yeah, it, it's it's much more complicated than that, but it it, it shows how like they can be infinitely parallel. Mm. Mm-hmm. They can just try all the solutions at the same time, while a classic computer would have to iteratively one right. at a time list all of them uh-huh. and so i make that all adds up to just whole being a whole bunch of weirdness uh and that's even beyond the engineering but 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 that point right there mm. ties back in in a very powerful way uh that i that i really need to segue into here to have the maximum impact okay. i think you're gonna like this all right uh, that game that I played of trying to define every word is just like a collection is a minimal collection of like 10 tags. Okay. You can take a word and you can say, Hey, would people associate this word with it? And uh-huh. you, you go like, I don't know if any particular person would, right. but on average, maybe like about 70% of them would say that it meets that tag. Yeah. Maybe 30% of them. Uh-huh. So that's weird that the way that the, the way that a word contains information yeah. is almost quantum in a way, yeah. right? Where it's contain multiple values at the same time. It can have a superposition. Totally. Uh, now, when you measure a quantum bit, you destroy it. Okay, check mark, right? Right. You can't pass a word through yourself without recoding it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When that bit of information enters your processor, yep. it's gone. Yeah, totally. Yep, mm-hmm. And so to get around the our real-life hardware problems, ideally what you would want to have something that processes a quantum signal but then stores all of that in a bunch of parallel hard drives made of regular computer ah, components. I see, okay. So that you don't destroy the memory mm-hmm. by reading it. Mm-hmm. And we'll, well, what the heck? That's exactly back where we... Yeah. before then you just at least right back here yeah that, <laughs> that that's that's we would be the classical version yeah of the hard drives mm-hmm. of a cla- of a quantum process mm-hmm. that would you know that adds up is why we think of quantum mechanics as being so bizarre we don't think of words as every combination they might ever entail mm. We just think of them how they unpack in our mind mm-hmm. and then we process it and then they go back out into the populace after right. we've had a night to go to sleep and refresh and think about uh-huh. it. Kind of like a routine cycle where there's an update of what our meanings of these words are. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so it all just keeps tying back in knots <laughs> that are very curious. So let me move through the next little section and summarize the next little part of the Bible from where I left off in the very, okay. very old Testament and see if it continues to apply to the hypothetical development of this thing uh-huh. if you look at it as the lens of its encoded memory. Uh-huh. Which I guess really any any library like the Bible, any collection of works is going to be, yeah, just memories of the different authors, you know, so in, in essence... And 
if you go back and consult the written word of your past predecessors mm-hmm. to gain some secret understanding of the truth, mm-hmm. then you might just do enough research of dead mathematicians to unravel the secrets of the atomic bomb and 30 years later have that win the biggest war the world's ever mm-hmm. seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to operate under hive mind equals the misinterpretation of the Bible, then like under that impression, Einstein was a version of a prophet as well. He was just a prophet of knowledge instead of a prophet of compassion or so the sure. human vision, yeah, right? Sure. Great musician, prodigy chess player, right? There's got to be if like an organism in its sub processes will have dedicated logic machines that do its really complicated grinding math, right? Yeah. Specialization. So, everything fits. Let's yeah. look at the next part in the Bible. The next really weird thing that comes up, one that I've always used, love to talk about, is uh, like, oh, yeah, if that's Abraham your theory, why is this like this? No, 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 no. Yeah. I like that one, too. Yeah. That makes sense in this, in that that's like, he's he's representing, it's representing the hive mind is aware that these are creatures with their own motivations that are unpredictable, and how he's he's putting the boundaries in place. Like, how do they value... Oh, okay. I see. They're really committed. Oh, yeah. That's things, a good way right? to put it. Yeah. Because it's the whole thing is just him learning about himself. Uh-huh. Or himself. I, don't, I don't mean to use him masculinely, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. just how I talk about the Bible. So it's yeah. habit. Yeah. Or you can say, yeah. Or us would probably be a more appropriate pronoun with the way that you're approaching it. The, yeah, the us. Uh, royal we. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's, you know, I felt like there was significance in that 10 to 20 neuron connections out of 30,000, right? Because those numbers, uh, if we apply those, it's pretty easy to imagine, like, the grandest of conglomerations of humanity that meaningfully interact with each other. Mm. It imagine, we can imagine that being around the time they cross that threshold, right? The, yeah. Here, oh, the yeah, first yeah, time yeah. that we have 30,000 yeah. people together. And... Old homeboy God really likes taking individual people. Uh huh. Find the special, the elect, the special anointed. Yep, yep, the righteous ones. Mm hmm. Uh, So, one of the stories that I always used to love dissecting for all of its weirdness. Uh And again, I was looking at. Uh, even I was trying to find weirdness under the wrong context that the idea of a God is what's behind this or being represented by this. Right. right? I hadn't looked at it with this, this analogy. So lot, uh, as far as I'm remembering the story, I I reread it a couple days ago, but you know, it's all, I know this one very well. Yeah. 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 But originally lot came from another ancestor that God was supporting. Right. He left that city to go move away. Right. So he was he would have been part of that last one. And then he left it and he joined another city. Right. right? He joined Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh-huh. Infamous for their butt sex. Yeah. Their sexual deviations, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so And Lot gives him his fucking daughters to rape instead of yeah. the angels who could offend each other damn selves. He he offers. Yeah, they, he offers. They, He's the, willing to. But yeah, the the people didn't take him up on it. Yeah. Uh they wanted those sweet sweet angels. Yeah, sweet angel ass. But it's a toy ass. So in the story, uh-huh. uh God decides this lot was part of me once. I remember him. Uh-huh. He's good people. Uh-huh. I see what's going on over there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to get him out. So he sends three angels or two angels. He sends a group of two, angels to yeah. go. I think it's two. Uh, yeah, that sounds two. about. Yeah. Uh, to go deliver the message. Hey, you got to get out. Right. Sorry, I've decided to destroy this town and I can't adjust my plans. We uh-huh. have to rush it middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. Um, at one point, way later on in Revelations, they, there's a, a throwaway line about Sodom and Egypt that I assume is just like, when I read that in the past, I feel like that's just comparing the immorality of Egypt to this past. Like it's like a literary reference, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'd already now, now I'm operating with having had this splitting idea that that dividing is like a destructive force, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's because of the situation I look out my window at every day, right? Yeah. Oh, these people separate so much that their communal idea is just antithetical to each other. Yes. And now just even if it's the same language, they're essentially talking garbage to each other. They're mm-hmm. so divided. Mm-hmm. Like Babel. What's the lesson of the Tower of Babel in your in your mind? Uh, well, let me let me. I haven't really uh, analyzed that one in a while. Oh. I guess what I was given as a church boy is the message yeah. was um, that they it was hubris was the problem mm-hmm. because they were trying to to oh, yeah. get up to God's level. They weren't trying to. Build. How dare you get up to God's yeah. level in your physical tower? I'm going to swat it down like an ink <laughs> child. Yep. And then and then inflict you with the curse of separate languages to cast you about and disperse. Right. Well, it's pretty much hubris to think that every book we come across and read relates to us personally. Yeah. So, uh, what if, you know, we're operating under the assumption that this is its version of a chemical memory. This is its hardware that stores information uh-huh. for us. Stories, these texts, these uh-huh. things, right? Right. In that case, we write stories as a morality lesson for our children. Yep. What if if uh, if there's, you know, Cain and Abel? My hypothesis was that that was just a limit of how big the society could get before it started to fracture, and that seeing that happen was its first taste of evil. Well, Sodom and Gomorrah mm-hmm. are falling into chaos. Mm-hmm. And he says, you got to get out right now because you're not going to survive what's about to happen. I've seen this before. Right. I thought it went peacefully when I saw Adam split into Adam and Eve. But <laughs> yeah. then I saw Cain and Abel. Right. Mm. And again, even this makes it make sense how after being the first four people on Earth, Cain is banished to another city that apparently yeah, already has right, infrastructure up and yeah, running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, they just hadn't awakened yet. Uh-huh. Or if it had awakened, it hadn't communicated with the other hypermind. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even mm-hmm. that makes sense in that context. Then the Tower of Babel as a as a lesson to children or to itself mm-hmm. becomes obviously to me. Uh, a story of its own hubris. Listen, no matter how hard you try, you cannot pull everyone together under your will mm. because differences will ripple underneath the surface mm. and time scales differently for these creatures. You can't think as fast as all their little automatic processes work. Mm. Mm. So the next time you look down, there's 17 different countries fighting each other in the Middle East or mm. wherever that Mm-hmm. They're all talking different languages. Mm-hmm. How did you think you could keep them together when you only manifest intermittently on a totally separate time scale? Right. Yeah. 
So now, after that, he's only following individual families around, not trying to consume every city that he has. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of those is Abraham, and Lot is with him, and he goes off and lives in another city. God sees this rift is about to happen. He knows the signs. Mm-hmm. They're too divided. They're two separate intellects. I don't want this guy that was a part of me once to to suffer and mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I got to get him out of there. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to just send a message to him, then maybe I can just code that in like two people and have just those two people carry a part of my structure, just enough to right. deliver the message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, deliver it via angels. The angels always deliver God's message. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But before they go and before the whole pillar of smoke, there's the uh, part yeah. that I thought was the funniest thing in the world is the bargaining. Oh yeah, uh huh, uh-huh. and he says if there's fifty if righteous find... people in there, would well, about... you kill that place? Yeah. And he says no. If there's fifty uh-huh. righteous people, I'd take them out of there. Uh-huh. They, that or would he be said enough. I'd spare the whole place. Yeah, yeah, it, that would be enough that I could start a seed in the, the like I could take root in those minds, right? Of and then it wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, uh-huh. for sure. I I wouldn't destroy the place for fifty people. He goes forty. God yeah. says sure. Safe thirty. Sure <laughs> twenty. Sure ten. Sure. Yep. More than that, God's like, bye. <laughs> yep. It only takes about 10 to 20 neurons, you know? Oh, wow. When you build, if you build a machine learning program to determine what a handwritten number is, mm. which is one of the intro to machine learning kind of programs mm. that you mm. design, it's very mathematical because you're just trying to identify numbers. Right. What it turns out is that if you break the whole thing into a gigantic grid of like, a row rows of pixels mm. and you build a thing that mm. is able to, well, like in that, in that grid of ones and zeros, basically where only 20 of them in the whole thing need to be lit up. Mm. Mm. Basically what AI does in machine learning is that it just makes a random grid and then sees if that works. Mm. And then if it doesn't, it tweaks them and just plays warmer or colder mm. until it gets it. And it can do mm. it a million times overnight. And then it's got the answer when you don't know why those connections between those nodes do anything, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. So we can mm. learn the architecture from it, but we can't learn the process from it. So that's part of what my uh, thing yeah. Is. But yeah, so he says, okay, if there's 10 people there, I could save it. Mm. He says, uh, who, hey, Noah. This whole area fills up like once every three of your generations pretty good. Mm. And uh, that's happening again. But I tell you what, if you and your wife and all three of your kids and their wives, mm. and maybe your hand servant, and we get like a dozen of you mm. on a boat and you take enough clean animals, clean animals, you're going to take two of every clean animal and you're going to make sure don't leave without making sure that you have a male and a female. Mm -hmm. Because if you do, they won't breed and they don't do you any good if they don't breed. So the the 10 of you need to get together so that you can carry me on your boat with enough livestock to restart this Mm -hmm. and get out of here because we're not going to survive if we don't. Mm -hmm. Okay, that that makes more sense too now. Yeah, um, how how would they know that the, that the area flooded though? Just from like just past history, he spent the a whole paragraph defining the boundaries of himself by where the water stops him from defining boundaries. Yeah, but if it's but if if the him if if the god is is um, you know the collective consciousness or whatever, so so that but then. Ha, ha, 
I just don't see how without any sort of um, mystical or maybe quantum force, um, how that that specific information would be conveyed to him. You know, without it being like uh, even like a wooby explanation, like he he. he uh, Astral projects himself into the collective consciousness and sees that 200 years ago there's a flood or whatever. You know, I just, I just don't see how he how he would uh, come up with that information um, in your in your game. In my game, I'm imagining that words play a part in this mm-hmm. as the, the structure that that the 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 diagram of the pattern. Uh-huh. Um, Really, an entire circuit. You could have the most ex- powerful computer in the world expressed as just the drawing of a large pattern on a on a map or something, mm. right? The connections between your neurons is all laced over the two dimensional surface of your brain's kind of fleshy mass. Yeah. So, like, it's just kind of a the drawings of these neurons spread across the firmament of your brain is what everything is based on. That's why you can't picture three. You can imagine things you've never seen before, but you can't imagine a fourth dimension Mm. Mm -hmm. because if you compress a third dimension down to two, you can see it's shadow. We don't even see three dimensional things. We'd see two, two dimensional things. Uh So we can create the illusion of Uh three dimensions but you can't create the illusion of two dimensions higher. It's not our, our architecture doesn't allow it. Mm. But if that, if, if the architecture, if just the diagram defines what you can and can't think about, uh-huh. then some aspect of it gives you the ability to think. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the precise mechanism, I'm no chemist. I, I don't know how <laughs> the, the things in the brain work. I black boxed it. I'm treating it as a computer program. Yeah. And if this black box does it, and makes these inputs and outputs, mm. then who am I to say that's the only method? I could give you seven different ways on a computer to sort a list, mm. but as long as the person running that function only needs to know that they get a sorted list, they don't care which one they use unless there's like a timing issue or something. Mm. And I'm really looking at it less if, if this is real, I need to find more evidence for it. Right. I'm looking at it as if this is all hogwash, then clearly there's going to be one of these classic Bible things that just doesn't make sense and stands out. And even the ones I use make sense in this argument mm. where if you have a city that invades another city uh-huh. and says and takes part of their population and keeps them as slaves uh-huh. – and then they're poking their slaves and they say, hey, sing us some of the songs from your home city. Uh-huh. And they say, how, how could we sing the songs of that place when we're kept here? We couldn't. Also, we've seen what happens when this falls apart. And, and you have to know that when they're coming for you, they won't be doing it for vengeance. They'll be so separated from this that they'll be acting on animal instinct and wrath. When they come for you, they're not going to be doing it for a reason. They're going to be doing it because when they smash your children against the rocks, they'll be happy because they're removed from that hive mind. Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed because the something about how that is made up Mm -hmm. is, you know, it gets out of balance and they split and then it descent into the primal state, maybe. Right. Uh, 
and if that's you know so if that's that makes sense to me you know if the, like mm-hmm. let's see if if that's a, if that's a good explanation then it would explain other stuff other places as well right right yep um and so now just to re, re, re-encapsulate the premises that I'm following to construct this this hypothetical sci-fi book representation of the Bible of a hive mind, hyper mind thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's see if it works. And oh, let me think of a good example. The way all right. So our 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 set of premises is that a lot of the mis a lot of the confusion comes from people not being able to label this whole like multiple things consciousness other religions got it right but they missed out on some other parts right maybe they had different words to articulate that aspect of it right whether it's an inner space that you can reach by contemplative meditation whether it's a reincarnation where after you die you join into an eternal cycle that Uh perpetuates from the quantum level up to your very consciousness Uh uh all of these ideas, nothing I'm saying is ever is anything that I came up with myself at all. Right. They're all just the words that I know uh-huh. together into different ways. Right. Uh-huh. And if you were going to do that with the computer, you would have to have it consecutively try every combination over and over, mm-hmm. and it would just sit there mm-hmm. and run there trying that. But what you would really want to do is make a quantum, quantum computer. Yeah. You just decipher all of them at once from right. every angle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that'll make sense. I think so. Uh, well, let's think about the other example that I like to use to go, oh, what about this then? Oh, how's Jesus so angry in this part? Well, the premise is, all right, so it's a, it's a hive mind that we mm-hmm. all somehow create. We learned from Adam and Eve that it can split, you know, the cities, the right. progression of emigrants forming a new city that's like it's dividing right but yeah. that there's something that they can they can fall from grace mm-hmm. there's something that can happen that they split from each other mm-hmm. and it, and it does not have good results mm-hmm. right in fact there's a good portion of the bible where it's just him going like hey bad stuff's gonna happen I got to get you out of here. Yeah. But the other possibility that happens a lot is he comes and goes, Oh, this is all messed up. I'm going to reap the earth with my sight. <laughs> yeah. And then he weeds out the problem. Yeah. Separates the wheat from the chaff, if you will. Mm-hmm. Quite violently often. Yeah. But if you have a cancer that doesn't respond to medical treatment, right. medicine, then you, you got to laser that thing out. Yep. Right. If you got gangrene in your leg, mm-hmm. sometimes you got to amputate it. You exactly. Know? And so that just keeps on applying. Right. Correctly. There's nothing that makes me second guess myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so now, okay, black boxes are all about the links to each other more than the object themselves, right? So mm-hmm. let's think of the link. How does how does this afterlife and this rift situation? Because that's very reminiscent of heaven and hell, right? Uh. Yeah, there's always this kind of part of the Bible that seemed weird to me where it was like this tug of war, this battle for souls where they're, well, let's let the best team win and whoever has the most votes at the end, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, in Revelation? Or No, really in lots of the, like that's just kind of the, not, not even in the Bible itself, just more of in how the, 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 the church structure. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, so the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, uh-huh. right? Even in Genesis, he says the... Heaven is the collection, right? 
that's everyone all together. Or maybe like that's the collective minds that make up the hyper mind that they falsely represent with a single word, even though it is all of them. Right. Yeah. It's interesting to me that, that throughout this argument, you it's it's just interesting. I'm just observing it that uh, oftentimes uh, you can interchange the word God, kingdom of heaven and um, a hyper hyper consciousness or whatever we land on. Oh yeah, well imagine if he man if like after learning about itself and how it works and how these things work and how yeah. it interacts with them, it really plans stuff out and it says, you know what, I'm going to get this right. Right. I know that once every two thousand whatever years this comet goes by overhead that mm-hmm. everyone oops and us over forever. So I'm gonna I'm gonna like distill a, the power of a message mm-hmm. into one of these things. To, to fix things. I've done it before to have them write down the rules and stuff. Yeah. You know, I don't understand how the mechanism works. All I know is that my body produces these encoded chemicals that I can later retranslate. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I just have to think that I want to do it. And then somewhere down the consciousness ladder, there's another function that corresponds okay. to that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it works in me. Does that yeah. make me not believe in myself? Like, no, I follow you. I follow you. Uh, so what if there is like a tangible uh, unity of these minds, right? Like mm-hmm. when your eyeball exists and you're alive, you experience what your eyeball would experience mm-hmm. kind of while it's experiencing it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you lose your eye and you have a glass eye, you still remember what it was like. You can yeah. still, even if you look blind, you can close your eyes and imagine what right. it was like to experience the feeling of being an eye because uh-huh. it was a part of you and you can kind of like tangibly recreate its pattern in your mind. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Yep. 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 And so if this is like where the high, hi, the, where the hyper mind comes from, or if that's like a method of its integration mm. uh, or the, like all these things live on all the, all the afterlife mythologies, everyone kind of like lives a separate kind of entity life mm. afterwards in this realm, you know? Mm. And so like, what if, we always say, like, we live on in each other's memories, right? Yeah. Well, there's not enough – there's a computer principle that a computer cannot simulate itself. The best it can do is, like, keep up with itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think – I've never heard yeah. that before, and I'm sure it's from you. So, yeah. But, but uh, you can understand yourselves if you study them and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're, mm-hmm. they're just a little piece of it. So I don't know. It's a weird, there's layers of that, but so let's assume that that afterlife comes from some kind of tangible sensation that they know about. Right. Right. Okay. After you're not shackled to just being part of this individual thing, like maybe, you know, it it remembers whenever it identifies words, it remembers Uh in remembering you, it remembers everything it was like to be you with the person memories and everything. Uh Uh, And you know, in you know, he breathed life into man and uh-huh. commanded them to live, right? So that kind of implies that that answers the chicken and the egg. That he could like because he always is. It's always talking about taking a person and raising him up. Uh, mm. Take my hand, and I'll show you the light. You know, there's there's this whole aspect of like, no, there's something out there, but you're going about it wrong. If I show you how, you'll be able to. You'll see. You know. There's, Jesus is always saying things like, if you have ears, you'll hear, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, yep. Uh, and if that's what keeps, if that, say hypothetically, that force is what instills these higher values, right? Yeah, yeah. 
if somebody asks you how moral is that and you have to define the morality scale, mm. uh, that's really complicated. That's yeah. not a law of physics. That's just something you have to – that's something that comes from like what emotions are evoked yeah. from this Intense. level of reality. Is what if, you know, like who's yeah. going to – that's a big concept. Oh, that's not yeah. things that we're tangibly interacting right, with. Right, that's right. a mental concept. That's, uh-huh. Those are words that describe your mind and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of goes back to that virtual entity thing a little bit. Yeah. Well, because it's, it, it's an intangible thing that's real to you. It means that it's the representation of stuff in data instead of essence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I can have a calculator help me figure out a logarithm. Does that mean that I don't understand logarithms? Not, I've no, not necessarily. No, used to have a way to. Brain. Yeah, a virtual information mm-hmm. gave me an in- that would solve the problem. Right. So again, like virtual information is real information, right? Yeah, I can tell you firsthand that you take off a VR goggle set and you spend a second going like, "Oh, I'm on the Earth." Hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm I'm I was I'm using virtual as it was defined in that specific application by that philosopher by that in that talk that I heard him give. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm sure that I'm using it incorrectly with within the definition of within the more common <laughs> common definition. <clears throat> it's all about the how you unpackage that word, isn't it? See, I know. Here we go again. Uh, Back. Oh, got to start this conversation over again now. <laughs> yep. Back to where we yep. started. Okay, so. So now we have a premise that somehow the collective of humans forms a hive mind uh, and certain behaviors from humans and certain actions and stuff mm-hmm. will embolden it or, or strengthen it. And right. certain actions will cause the thing to fragment. And from mm. reading from context, it seems like that usually has disastrous results. Right. Uh, and so mm-hmm. maybe – when everything is running smoothly, like the guy who does his job nine to five and watches sports and drinks a beer and doesn't really ponder the mysteries of life, mm-hmm. maybe the hive mind, once like a society is established that functions, mm-hmm. right? That would, it would be like, it's just going about the process. It's just co-opting right. things further and further tiers down the hierarchy of decision making. Mm-hmm. Now we've got whole subsections and now it's so far removed that it's like, it's doing mm. other stuff. It's in a different mind state. Yeah. Until how long do you, how often do you think about your, your kidney <laughs> when it hurts? Right. It's about it. It's about yeah. all the time you think about your kidney is uh-huh. when it hurts. Mm-hmm. So as long as we're playing this game of where analogies might be wrong, but they still can teach us something. Yep. Uh, okay. So maybe it's like, as the bigger society gets, the more removed it gets. And, uh, and it's not until something hurts or there's some sort of yes, distortion. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now it says like, hey, wait a minute. What's going on? Down? Oh, they that wrecked it all. A lot of, yeah, totally. Uh, how, how many lepers does Jesus meet? Like there must have been some kind of leper plague going on. Right. And and what kind of disruption in normal hu- human affairs would have forced mass migration for a global census cause, right? Like that is a big disruption in mm. – Mm-hmm. in everything enough that it can go like whoa hold on a second i'm not on autopilot yeah Let me look around what's going right. on you're, you're right? decentered and then forced to re-examine yeah your, yeah it has to focus its attention right exactly. it has to yep. 
concentrate more on what it feels like to be these creatures down here yep. than it was focusing on these words that it's bouncing around in its head. Exactly. Know? Yep. The 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 shortcuts are removed. The shorthand, the the jargon yeah. is the jargon's removed. The uh, blueprint that you were going off of. And and like, what is the message that almost every prophet has come to deliver? Hey, you're doing it wrong. God's yeah. wrath is coming. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's not God's wrath. It's hey, you guys have strayed. You guys have strayed from the communal lifestyle right. to the individualistic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that's fragmenting you out of what's holding the whole thing together. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm here to warn you of that. Yeah. Or Jesus would say, I did not come to bring peace. I bring not peace, but a sword to divide a father against his son and mm. a daughter against his mother and have brothers fight that's each other. That's an interesting reading on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like because the division is, is necessary like for pruning process kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Or that it's not – it's not a battle of uh, good versus evil to see whose side has more on the team. Mm-hmm. It's that no, if enough of you slip off into chaos and uncivil behavior, yeah. it disrupts the whole thing enough that the house of cards comes falling down. Right. Uh, and so, I mean, that makes sense then that it's all these, you know, like even if revelation is the, like a big pile of hogwash <laughs> nonsense, uh, you know, it still fits in with the theme that all the time that this, author of the good book interacts with humanity it's almost always exclusively to tell them what they're doing wrong right right yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is why it can be the most merciful thing and still plead with people please don't yeah don't right. suffer the consequences. you're missing out on a good thing mm. and if patterns can perpetuate and you're not part of this collective like hey what happens if your pattern just perpetuates off on the track it's going into just per- endless madness as right. it zips out whatever dimension its data is. You know, not that I'm saying that's the case, but like you know, who knows? Whatever mm. the equal analogy is, um, and that makes it even more sense. Like that makes some of the language make more sense. The the fall from grace. They had to cast the devils out of heaven. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And. Um... There's a few different like in the Old Testament it talks about uh, I will mold you into the vessel, you know that I want yeah. you. It, and it references like to a, a painful pruning process and stuff like that. Hey, the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now mm-hmm. and forever. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. What What happens when Jesus tries to explain to the first couple people the like he you know he's given enough of a map to work with maybe that the words that society is using trigger the thoughts that he figures yeah. everything. And he goes, oh, guys, you're doing it all wrong. You're all doing it wrong. This mm. is not sustainable, right? He might mm. not even know what's going on. He might have even thought himself that he was part of God because he, they just didn't have the language to right. talk about it. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And so he goes, look, this is all. But he he he's in tune enough to know that mm. he goes, okay, guys, those laws were for then. Yes. You need to think about the importance. Right. It's the seven daily sins. It's greed and wrath and mm-hmm. sloth and lust and pride and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, yep. a while back when I was doing the the analogy of like what kind of central cells you'd have, you'd have like a food dispersal system, right? Your body has a network of arteries yep. to take blood to everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of this democracy of systems voting equally up the ladder. How does your body distribute resources? 
every cell gets enough food and we store the rest for when we need it. Right. If you are the connections or if, if, if it's built on our connections between each other, mm-hmm. well, all of those seven deadly sins are really like uh, self-serving, right? They're yes, ones that yeah. you distribute resources away from your neighbors towards yourself. Yep. Once you have a money description of the worth of something, now you have a score to determine what's better than what's not. And now that higher the higher that number is, it's better. Yeah. And then quantify Jesus spends his youth talking about how great God is and love everyone. And then he's gone for however many years. I assume he doesn't really talk. Oh, you raised Catholic, so you do. You guys do have stories about him as a kid. Oh, they have all kinds. Yeah, Protestants. We don't have stories about him as a kid. Oh yeah, well the, they I you know they taught us that it was like oh well a lot of his preaching because when he's born his his father is consumed by the dream that the angel gave him and his dad just goes to every single town and says my son is the son of God everyone come see what my son of God has to say right? oh wow yeah they we all, yeah, we yeah, have the story of him uh, going to the to the temple and learning from or, or he starts learning from the uh, rabbis and then they and then he starts teaching them. But that's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he sees through the problems. In yeah, the book. right, 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 right. Like, too, what's actually going on, you know? Exactly. And uh, big picture. Right, and his dad's like just pushing him around as this child star. And so there's this part in the there's a part that I reread that really stuck with me because of how different it seems from the interpretation they push in right. the classes that I had to take. Okay, where uh, Jesus is at the lake and a crowd gathers. To hear his word, mm-hmm. right? And they always, I always taught it to me as like, he's just giving a mass to them or something. Like he's just trying to, he's trying to to dictate all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, he, he just says that he sits down and starts looking at a lake. Mm-hmm. And then they all come asking him to pray. Mm-hmm. And so he gets in a boat and takes off. Yep. He's just trying to get away from There's the multiple paparazzi. times when he does that. Yeah, exactly. And then and then he, you know, they follow him and uh the crowd moves along the shore with him or whatever is it's like one sentence. So but that's the, you know, that's right, the, yeah. It, it paints. Uh-huh. And then he tells them this parable. He says uh as best I summer I can summarize it without like reading it from there. He tells them a farmer's or a guy is going down the road on his horse to the market and a bird pecks at his sack and seeds fall out. Mm-hmm. And some of them land on the ground. Mm-hmm. Some of them land on the side of the road. Some of them fall off in the weeds, but mm-hmm. some of them are far enough away they land on nice, good soil. Right. And the ones on the on the ground, uh, the serpent Eaten. comes and takes them away. Mm-hmm. And the ones far enough off the road, birds don't get Eaten. enough. They like they, yeah, birds get them. And the ones in the roots, or the ones in the weeds, they grow thin roots, but they're they're choked down by all right. the weeds. And the ones on the deep soil, well. They'll grow. They'll grow roots if the soil is good. Uh-huh. You know, may, maybe a hundred, maybe thirty, uh-huh. maybe twenty. You'll you'll hear if you use your if you listen. You'll hear mm. that that was always said like, oh, well, these are the fruits of the Lord casting His infinite knowledge to us in these meager scraps that we must <laughs> uncoat. <laughs> yeah, right? right, right, right. Yep, yep. But like it, it's weird how you know in the sitcoms they'll have a a situation where two people are talking about something they're each talking about the same thing but they don't realize it because yeah. of the ambiguity they write into it. Uh-huh. 
once you know what they're talking about, that's part of the humor is that you know what the code is. Yep. But the person they're talking to doesn't know the code yep. is. It's just intuitive. You just get it because you know the context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the weirdest part is that like how reading through this with this context, they just make more sense. That's all there is to it. It's not like, oh, I got how how do I stretch that? Because that right. parable in this and that story is him getting tired of these paparazzi uh-huh. and trying to send them a code of like, hey, you guys put your head together. You'll come up with the same thing. You don't need me, right? Yes. Yep. And that is fully in line with just the natural extrapolation of these premises. Yeah. Even that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, man. I think- Even... Even other religions make sense when you read them with this. Yeah. Uh, I, and, and again, as I'm not as versed as I am in uh, Christianity as uh, some other religions, but uh, Zoroastrianism, their devil figure is that dark thoughts will cloud your mind and descend you into the realm of chaos, their god of chaos or whatever it represents, their uh-huh. dark shadowy figure. Yeah. That's exactly what I derived from this example, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. the exact thing. Uh, Buddhist meditation. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can see that being a part of it. Jesus was real particular that he swooped up about 10 like-minded people to go traipse up the mountain before he told them anything. Mm-hmm. They probably all had to sit and commune for a second to make their own sub hive mind or however it works, whatever the process still that number 12 comes up of how, you know, you need, I can take oh, yeah. I, it could be- 12 from Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I can take, um, let me see all the references to, uh, being a shepherd. He'll take care of his flock, mm-hmm. the Lord of hosts. How, what, what are you, what are you uh, relating that to? Oh, how the Lord is your shepherd. Yeah. You shall want. There's some really complicated stuff in this whole world. No one human could put that together. But collectively, we there's a higher data processing faculty yeah. that that'll it'll take care of it for us. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, yep. It'll teach us of oh, I wouldn't have thought to bring a male and a female cow. I'm glad I don't know how cattle reproduction <laughs> works. But through our collective knowledge, the information is there. Right. Einstein spent 10 years just researching math other people had done. Mm-hmm. Do you know who uh, the uh, – he's like an alternative physicist or something, Rupert Sheldrake? Uh, no, I actually uh, – I just like getting lost in my own thoughts. Yeah. So I only ever really seek out like – other people outside opinions and stuff. Mm-hmm. If it's a really, if it's a, something that's technically beyond my under, like if I don't know the math of it, let me grab uh, some professor that does presentations that are geared for like mid range students. Sure, sure, sure. He's only going to use the math that I'm up to, mm-hmm. but I can follow the premise, you know? Gotcha. Um, but as far as philosophy, I've always kind of felt like that was like, ah, don't you tell me what ideas to have, you know? And so I kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, I never really read it. Well, no, like, he's, he's like, a, this guy. This guy's a physicist. Mm. He's a like alternative physicist. He has all these wild theories about uh, about physics and some of us about quantum physics. And 
Uh, anyway, I, I think you, you'd find him amusing at least. He he likes to do these fun, wild thought experiment type things. Oh uh, yeah, um, just like, questioning, yeah, deconstructing. Like he, he's he's like deconstructing like uh, a lot of Newtonian physics and stuff like that, and it's really it's interesting. But um, um, well, did I, I don't know if you did. I had a little request pre-show. Did you? Think of an example of a specific chapter. Oh, of contradictions that you find curious. Yeah. Um, what was I trying to think? I, I think I brought a couple up to you in text. Um, it's it's really yeah, and, and for the listener, what you, I think you, you you were just asking for my favorite uh, p- passages that contradict each other. Um, yeah. The the thing that's most interesting to me that's kind of in that line of thought is uh, how whenever – I mentioned this to you briefly in text, but whenever Jesus or Paul um, quote the Old Testament, they, they very, very oftentimes amend it or do what we would call cherry picking, what the church would yep. call cherry picking nowadays. Like, oh, yeah, you're just reading the, the parts that you want. You're not reading all of it. But that that's yep. how that's how Jesus read the Bible, and that's how Paul – they would quote the Old Testament, and then they would leave yep. out, like, the part about God, God's wrath and all the, you know, like, the, the kind of more immature character traits, like the quick-to-anger God of the Old Testament. You know, oh, the, yeah. Yeah, and they leave that stuff out. Um, so th- that to me is like the most direct thing, where it's like it's it's acknowledging it almost, you know, because it's in the same book. It doesn't say, and then Jesus omitted this part. But if you look, it, you know, it'll have like a little reference number, and if you look up the Old Testament that he's quoting, he does omit a lot of it. And and that that to me is really interesting. As far as it's like straight up contradictory, comparing the Gospels, like the, the timeline. Of like er, oh, of events yeah, but, and you know, they what could happened. Have been talking about, yeah, they could have been talking about local sports games, and they all would have had a different story. Totally. Like that's yeah, yeah, that's not the kind of thing. But it's the contradictions I always found were like, okay, all these things are metaphors to help you tell the tale of morality. But then, how does your morality apply to this weird situation over here? That yeah. doesn't make any sense. Uh-huh. But like, man, I've, I've been searching. And I haven't found one yet that doesn't make sense under this this framework, under this reference frame. The, oh, that's why you wanted. That oh, like, that's why you wanted the contradictions. Was yeah. To, I was hoping, okay. I was hoping I could, oh, I see. I translate one of them for you. Okay. Right okay. Okay. But, I would have put more work into finding one if I knew. No, that was that's what we were asking. Okay. Oh, maybe maybe some of your viewers will have struck a nerve with them. And, yeah, uh, I'm sure. Hear this. <laughs> come up with some ideas because there was a. There was, there was like a process where I'd get so far along figuring stuff out. Uh. And then I'd just get that urge that, that Feynman, you know, explain it till you can't explain it. And that's where you need to understand more. Uh-huh. And so mm-hmm. I'd, you know, find mm-hmm. one of my, my buddies and I'd say, hey, what do you think about such, such, this, that, and the other, right? Yeah. But at the time I was still putting it all together. So maybe I'd only ask him like a philosophy question or a computer question. Right. Or if I knew somebody that was into like religious stuff, I'd ask him that aspect, you know, peace and everything. I'm like, ah, it's all just, everything's just a matter of translation. Right. If right. you can't translate your idea to their idea with words, then you're going to have a bad time. Totally. If you can, then you can communicate and mm-hmm. keep the process going. That's right. It's like there's, and then aside from, Money and the seven deadly sins. What's the one thing that really is always setting Jesus off in the Bible? Or it's not. It's like not a deadly sin, but it's it's something that he often says is really bad. And it is, I think, kind of one of the 
commandments. Um, lying, dishonesty. Okay, sure, yeah. Honesty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what would, what would like think about the chain reaction of dishonesty in the terms of context of this construct that we've you know this quantum uh, quantum machine of some nature, whether it's conscious uh. or not real or whether it's all an illusion doesn't matter what are the how does this apply to that well if you just if you sent a code to somebody mm-hmm. and labeled it as something and it actually contained like totally different information mm. i mean that's like almost the computer equivalent of a virus right of like willfully deceiving right yeah yeah to mm-hmm. accept a message mm-hmm. right like i'm going to use these dog whistles mm. to train fear into these two connections and so now when i use these other phrases they Mm. trigger that threat thing and hijack your body so i've hacked you with the power of language (laughs) yeah i guess you're right and we're we're clueless about it because we only see one little slice of it we only see our classical 3d time is linear slice uh, where the the quantum world, many possibilities can exist simultaneously. Right. No, we're only seeing that piece of it. We're only seeing it from the way our brain decodes it. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, it's different words to conjure a different pattern of ideas. Yeah, absolutely. To me, another thing that that stood out. I'm going back through because so much uh, you put a lot of thought into this, and it's freaking awesome. Um, but something else that occurred to me was, and you kind of alluded to this really briefly, was the importance back then, um, both, I guess, removed by time and location, like, you know, within that culture, and call it hermeneutics in theology, uh, studying, like, the context of the culture and the and the language oh, yeah, and all yeah. that. Um, but, like, how important uh, covenants were, you know? And, yep. and um, they had much more of a strict concept of your word being your bond kind of thing. And like, you know, because everything was oral anyways. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, they didn't have like, uh, they weren't writing everything down. But um, so like, and the idea of uh, creation through words and like um, kind of how, how we can, we can, we can speak, not, not metaphysically or mystically or anything, but like we can almost speak something into existence by like ex- expressing a thought. We can ha- kind of manifest things you know, through, through language, and then how um, in the Gospel of John, it starts out, it, it's a callback to Genesis 1. It says, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then God sends out the Word. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure exactly where all the nuanced tie-ins would be, but I think there's definitely something there with, uh, with everything that you were saying about language. And the power of words. Yeah. And, uh, uh, well, so as to not name names, well, uh, you know, there was a, a weird pattern of like when I was forming this, I'd bounce an idea off somebody in, a, in like one of the venue that, of it that I thought would play with them. And pretty much every one of them had the first reaction of like asking a question that, that helped me put two of these different analogies, like, line them up right ah, yeah. yeah so it was almost like this process of i would hit like a kind of a sticking stone and just be like ah eh, let me just tell somebody else about this and see what they yeah, say yeah, right? yeah. Uh-huh. they can look at that problem through a different angle yeah because they break these words down differently totally yeah 
that's why uh, diversity is is so valuable. You know, is, uh, you get so many yeah. different vantage points simultaneously, almost like with that quantum computer thing. You know, you get all these mm-hmm. different vantage points, and uh, you know, even like you were saying, different uh, religions, and and you know, maybe this one gets this little truth right, and one gets this little truth right, or you know, whatever. But yeah. ha- having all of those simultaneously is is so advantageous, you know, because strength. Yeah, or if you if if you encoded the 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 message of what was actually going on into quantum information, you'd need a lot of different viewpoints on it to even get all the information out of it. Right. Yeah. And you couldn't, of course, on the quantum level, like you said earlier, you couldn't get those viewpoints without observing the the whatever the subject is, and by observing it, you're interacting with it, and therefore affecting it. Yeah, and so again, it, it would be like a it would be a self reinforcing mm-hmm. loop, totally. <laughs> yep. Because because if this ah. thing is using language to pass its thoughts around its own inner world uh-huh. or however it's however a hypermind view things, mm-hmm. uh, it's using them to process information, but it has to it has to counteract that we don't send a very uh, we don't send a high fidelity signal mm. um, that it's prone to misinterpretation. Mm. And I did satellite internet mm. for a while uh, in, and learned about internet and the, and I studied computers. And one of the ways you can counteract signal degradation, mm. if you're transmitting over a long distance with a format that dissipates, mm. is that you have to use a sparser format of data mm. to allow for error correction. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Like even that is kind of replicated the next step up, just the assembly of patterns. Yeah. And it's kind of like uh, autofill on Google. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If you've never searched for, <laughs> Donkey shows. Google's never going to recommend that to you. <laughs> yeah. But once you do, once you know, <laughs> yeah, and then it'll and then it'll link up with like your Amazon account and start recommending personal bedroom products and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, all right, so I feel like uh, this is pretty good, but I do want to get to one little point. Okay, that is where it all gets crazy town. Oh, uh, and so we're already there. Yeah, well, this this part is just admittedly crazy town. Because this is where it gets fun. Okay. This is where this is what happens if you apply all of this information to Revelation and see what it tells you Ooh. with that context. Okay. And so from from using these different analogies and pairing them back and forth, we've kind of like, at least we've built a picture in our sci-fi story we're making Definitely. of the prompts that the individual cells have to survive can also translate into prompts of greed and 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 overblown right if if emotions emotions are mostly chemical as far as i like you know yeah, there's like yeah, a yeah. primal feeling to emotions you know yeah. what would it feel like to live without a voice in your head well if you're ever mid-sentence and forget the word that you were going to use and hit that just that one that one little moment yep. of what mm-hmm. right well you're still seeing and you're still hearing but you've like hit a hiccup. You stopped for a second, and you have to like wake up and look inside. Yeah. So well, hold on. Yep. You're uh, like, I'm not a that's pilot. That's like the kind of right. So, 
so like maybe the this thing will just inevitably get caught in a routine, whether or not it's falling apart. But when it starts falling apart, some kind of thing prompts it to go, hey, ooh, I should take a look down yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like, for example, a big gigantic sen- census that makes everyone relocate for some reason, mm-hmm. right? And now it says, oh, hold on, what's going on down here? Something's different. Mm-hmm. Oh, this isn't right. Yeah, that's we right. gotta do something about this. Yep, this is like my oh man, I and oh wow, let me think for a second. All this stuff that I've absorbed, the yeah, the constituent parts have really fleshed out this language here. I get things like oh, uh, early on in the Bible, the Abraham had slaves, and the right. slaves of Abraham rejoiced of the city. Like, why are they so happy about it? Mm-hmm. Well, because they didn't have a word for the autonomous cellular bodies that comprise a larger organism, right? Mm-hmm. How? Like how many how many decisions do you think your 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 arm consciously makes? Oh right. You still feel its pain. Mm-hmm. It's still made of the same cells, essentially the same kind. You know, they're all just a conglomeration of these cells. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe the slaves are just its way of talking about the people that make it up, but don't actively use their mind enough to contribute to the thought processes of the the higher functions. Right? There's part of your part of your brain that controls your hand very articulately mm-hmm. you don't know anything about it that's just that's just dummy cells they figure it out automatically yeah yeah, yeah. that's like the 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 old computer definition of a master slave you know having a- right yeah but then humanity evolves we actually start having slaves yeah now that word has a new meaning mm-hmm. now he thinks like oh their sense is awful right that's this is no good. Yeah. Right. Guys, we need to all be nice to each other. Let's try this again uh-huh. and focus less on the letter of the law <laughs> yeah. and more on the, the law, right? Exactly. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, so then, then in that case, mm-hmm. Revelation is not necessarily supposed to be an actual prophetic vision, right? Right. right. You as a creature, hopefully, know that you're going to die. Uh-huh. You, you don't know how. Mm-hmm. You don't know how it'll feel. But you, you've you've seen it in other things often sure. enough that you can put together most of the pieces. Uh-huh. And so in that case, Revelation is more like also by the way, listen, this is this is why I did this. This is like the the more you I can see what you guys are doing with technology. This is gonna get out of hand, right? I can mm. put this together before you see the big picture. Right, 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 right. Every time I, I every time I wake up and you guys have more technology, I have a billion more connections in my head, right? Uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A much bigger view. Uh-huh. Everything makes you know, the, the the creature itself is more aware. Yeah, uh, and 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 everything's accelerated too with the. Well, yeah. Well, now what's what's the internet going to do to that? Where we exactly. send all our messages to each other at light speed, right? Mm-hmm. And the more that we get these communications, though. Yes, they open up the chance for us to communicate in a way that enriches our our lives mm-hmm. and our internal story. Mm-hmm. But we can also make automated bots that trade stocks on Wall Street. You know, like right, uh, right, right. we can also make Facebook, where it just turns your entire life into a competition of having a higher mm-hmm. number next metric than mm-hmm. your friend. Mm-hmm. When we assign numbers to things, we give them false value. We we make mm. we make false idols of ourselves mm. on the internet. Mm. Yes, and, that's and mm-hmm. we celebrate 
money to the point where you're labeled as a lunatic for not participating. Yes. And so then you sit back and look at people saying like, hey, some of you might die. Sorry, but it's we got to save the economy. We got to save the whole financial spirit of the country. Well, what would that financial spirit of the country represent in this analogy other than an antichrist? Right. Yep. Right? Yep. 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 One that will rise to power for no reason whatsoever. In Revelations, the beast is actually described as a man child. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And its only power is that it's given a mouth through which it can speak to people. Mm-hmm. And we're going to ignore how frightening that parallels Twitter. Yeah, but, I know. Well, that's, yeah. I, yeah. I'm not the first one to make these comparisons <laughs> by any stretch of imagination. And he also does kind of really exemplify every single one of the seven deadly sins. Right? Yeah, totally. Uh, Absolutely. Well, that's going to happen inevitably. That mm. happened with Hitler. You could just yeah, sure, sure. say that oh, Hitler was an, you know, whatever. Yeah. That was the beast. He was given a mouth because they just invented television and radio yep. and he utilized it. Yep. But that's just because revelation isn't a specific thing that you're supposed to interpret and say, this is definitely this moment in time. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's no, it's saying cycles, that hey, you guys, yeah, these, these technologies that make me able to figure stuff out anytime I turn my attention back towards you mm-hmm. also really help you celebrate your own greeds a lot faster than I can account for. Because yeah. every time I wake back up or focus back down here mm-hmm. or whatever's the mechanism, Decenter. you're even worse than I left you. Yep. So I'm going to make, I'm going to tell you in detail how I will die if this keeps up. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Is you're going to have a person who's the incarnation of all of the evils mm. that by nature of being evil are self-serving. They're like a black hole. They're like gravity instead of electricity where mm. the more of it there is, the stronger it pulls everything up. Mm. Right? The one mm-hmm. that's gained $500 billion in the last three months. Right. Don't you feel the world's become a better place. Right. Aren't you celebrating the gains in the stock market? <laughs> All of our false idols that mm-hmm. allow us. Do you know how many people I've told you shouldn't go back to work at a restaurant? And they go, yeah, I know, but I can't, I can't buy food. Right. Cause even living has this value associated with it now, whether we like it or not. Yep. That's like exactly what, so, so what you would need for this situation to happen is you'd need to have, uh, you'd need to have the situation rising where new technologies are allowing these incarnations of selfishness to yeah. accumulate and percolate up into a clear defined focal point that becomes mm. the the embodiment of singularity. Yeah. One single person can shift an entire country, right? Yeah. And that's antithetical to the communal idea. And so you need a big destruction, a disruption, right? You need that migration, yep. or that flood to get his attention. Right. You need something like a Spanish flu during a world war to get its attention to come back back to say, oh, I got to I got to figure out something to stop this again. Mm. I'm going to arrange a situation where the smartest people in the world all hang out for a year. Uh, <laughs> and sure enough, that's like the blink of an eye. Like if you know, if you think about moving your arm, it'll grab the thing. Right. Yeah. But that process in on that scale might be a couple decades, right? You need a good coronavirus for some attention to come back into the world and uh, uh, mindfulness, the return of, yeah, be, being mindful um, and not just autopilot. 
checking in. And uh, there's a line in Revelation that before all the real nonsense starts, there's a part where, like, before there's all the crazy stuff that happens, war and plague and famine and death. We know all that. Mm-hmm. But then they actually talk about wars happening, right? They don't actually say that the second horseman brings war. It just says it gives people the, it just can make people kill each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then later it says that wars happen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, then then at the very end of it, uh, the kingdom of heaven was silent for a half an hour. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. As people aren't allowed to commune with each other for whatever disruptive reason, the mm-hmm. way they had been. All the normal patterns shift in a way that you go to think of a word and it's not there anymore and you have to do some search. Yeah. Yep. And then I take a look around here and I'm like, you know what? This feels pretty end timesy. I know people that are going like, yeah, I know I'm probably going to get it, but I got to make the money. Right. I know people that are like, this whole situation is messed up and this person, and this, and I can't wait to vote all these clowns out of office. Yeah. But until then I will sit patiently until November and let it continue. Because aside from that one time where we all come together and send out a collective impulse, mm. all I can really do is adapt my words and hope that they butterfly effect out through the madness of life and make some sort of impact on the overall pattern. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really just the, like that, that's the, the really crazy town part to me It's not that this, analogy everyone's gonna there's bound to be in existence i'm sure you could make a dozen analogies that explain all of the weirdness yeah right mm-hmm. but this one in particular uh, it's like crazy that i thought of it yeah it is and then it's crazy that i read this and i look around and i just go oh yeah money is the absolute evil oh facebook's gonna destroy society mm-hmm. uh that's uh, we'll see yeah i guess we will it's kind of t- yeah, it's up to us, but but yeah, there's that that uh, kind of odd. I don't know if it's a paradox or what, it, but yeah, getting momentum more than just one person. But then like it's like where's what's it the uh, terminal velocity or like the 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 mass that actually uh, tips the scale? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the meantime, that's actually called symmetry breaking in uh, physics. Oh yeah. I never heard that term. Yeah, the idea that like two things can be balanced in nature in a way that as soon as they're nudged a little bit, then they fall all the way down. Like if something's balanced on the top mm, of a sphere. Yeah, okay. The hair hair that broke the camel's back kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it has to fall down one way, and we don't know which way it will, but once it picks a direction, we can figure out the rest. Uh-huh. We don't know how it'll play out until it breaks right. symmetry. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really like that. That's all. That all makes sense. That makes sense. Why a dishonesty is such a big deal in a lot of these uh, philosophies and religions and prophets and stuff. Yeah. And uh, oh, if you do look at it that way, though, mm-hmm. well, like if Einstein, you know, getting hit with this idea and then having to pool the correct collected resources of things that have been written and things that are being talked about. Yeah compare the now to the then if that kind of made him a prophet mm. well i kind of <laughs> i kind of me a prophet in this situation wouldn't it you didn't nah. have to <laughs> come on now i would have finished know the thought for you mike <laughs> oh yeah. yeah that that i was thinking though that clearly can't that can't be the thought uh, <laughs> that, can't be, that can't be the case because sure 
I live a pretty modest lifestyle, right? I make yeah. as much money as I need to pay my bills. Yep. And I don't care what ways I have because I don't want to be shackled to it any more than I have to, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I really don't let all these, like, greed. I just want to kind of sit up by myself and think about things. Mm-hmm. As long as everyone's leaving me alone, I'm happy, you mm-hmm. know? But but dang, if that just isn't the definition of sloth. So really, it really throws <laughs> open. You work doesn't it? Well, saints, saints and sinners are not mutually exclusive. Well, and I did a Google search and uh, found one of my favorite passages. My new favorite passage now when you okay. read this is uh, Judges, not, wait, no, not Judges, Proverbs 19. And there's a part in there, I'm going to I'm gonna cherry pick myself. Yeah. Because that's what we prophets do that's when we, what, apparently, that's, that's the precedent. Work. <laughs> that's the precedent. So I'm yeah. just going to follow this perpetuation of patterns. Yep. Uh, and if you, you know, you skim through that and basically what, what, what uh, Proverbs 19 says is, uh, uh, better, better to be uh, poor than uh, lack integrity or live a lie, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Those who busy themselves with hasty feet will oh, yeah. sin, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, uh, but a slothful mind causes a deep slumber, and those who seek understanding will see good. Mm. Which is saying that's he doesn't slothfulness isn't don't be lazy. It means just don't shut down your mind and go on autopilot. Right. Yeah. Every day and watching the sport and just saying, hey, this is how things are. Can't can't change mm. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. It's more like uh apathy and just like giving yeah. up. Quit quit worshiping these false religions. Why is God so upset about these false religions? No, yeah. he's not upset about that. He's saying, Don't no, you're building cow statues to represent me. That's yeah. not what I am at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people, people ask Jesus. So, what is what is it actually? You actually are. You're you're God's son. Oh no, wait. So you are God in a son's body. Mm-hmm. Oh oh okay no. So so you're the father and the son mm-hmm. being controlled by the the spirit that resides within all that. Mm-hmm. Then we get uh, death of God theology. Uh, one take on it would say that it was God as the Father being like, you know what, I'm going to get in there in the grime with them, becoming human, to die and be buried into the earth and then uh, symbolically become dispersed throughout the earth. Yes. And then the humans are yep. the body of Christ now. And so now God is dead and we are Christ. Right. Or after the prophet has served his purpose, he leaves for a period of time and and then just real quick peeks back down to check on everything, deliver a message, and then ascend back up uh-huh. into heaven. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Hey, Jesus, we have a problem. Too many people have gathered at your rally to the point that it's broken our food infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And now everyone's going to starve because we've been here so long and we just don't have food for everyone. Hey, oh. All now, right. you have plenty of food. Look, this guy over here brought food for a week. This guy over here, look, organize it all up, yeah. distribute it. Look, we even have some left over now. Mm-hmm. How did you do that? <laughs> How was that? Did you see that miracle? There's like practically 5,000 people here. How did, how did he orchestrate that level of food distribution? Uh, Where would he have gotten such knowledge? Oh, that's funny. You want to hear one other funny one that I don't, I think this one is a little bit of a stretch, admittedly, of applying the analogy. Uh-huh. But I think the story is so ridiculous that there's obviously some misinterpretation things going on, uh-huh. no matter how you 
elaborate on it, but this one actually makes more sense anyway, still with that acknowledgement is imagine you're doing what you do, identifying a failing civilization, uh, (laughs) and gather up the proper people and guide them out of there. Right. And you've got your chosen prophet or angel. They're both the same thing. They're just a person that you deliver your message through. Mm. You encode it in a way that this person thinks that they're doing it for you, but it's all a self-referential loop. Mm -hmm. You don't Mm -hmm. understand that. Mm -hmm. And so you don't really get the message, right? The mind of God is incomprehensible. Mm -hmm. You can't comprehend the many faces of God. Right. Uh, but it still exerts some sort of effect where these people escape from their, their, their subjugation and they go trying to evade and the guy's really sure, Hey, we got to go this way. And people are like, yo, I, Hey, my, my father grew up around here. There's a lake this way. There's the, there's the whole Mm, red sea mm -hmm, in our way. mm -hmm. Right. His, his father was, went fishing in the red sea. Right. We can't go this way. The, The ancient maps. Uh, trust me, it's not going to be there right now. I don't know why. I, I can't articulate mm-hmm. that there's hundred-year ebbs and flows of things that themselves are parts of thousand-year ebbs and flows of things. Right. But this thing, this the hypermind is painfully aware because when he first started exploring water, that marks the boundary of his awareness. That's the black hole that he can't mm-hmm. cross. Mm-hmm. Humans cannot exist in the water. That is in in a little bit. One of the parts, and when he's doing all of his laws, he says, you'll gather the water up in the center of your town and take it from a well mm. because you get too close to the source out there and you go floating off. <laughs> he knows dang well where all the where all the lakes and bodies of water are because he, are, he defined them as the contours of his existence. Yep. Ex- from day one. Yeah. Or, or uh, he day, says, day two, I guess. Right. He goes, hey, no, listen, this is evening on the earth right now. Mm-hmm. You guys are in the evening. The Red Sea is only there during the other three seasons, from my point of view. Mm-hmm. You... Right, 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 right. So you can go through there. And then they go through there, and they go, how? I have my generations of my family <laughs> drew both fish from this. Or, right. Or, I don't know if there were fish in the Red Sea, but whatever the. Yeah. You know, and then, okay, well, that was weird. And they pass along the story of their children. And their children go out and check. And there's, there's a big old sea. There's a dang, there's for sure a sea here. Dang, I guess that prophet just went and shoved it all aside with his bare hands. Yep. Because we can't, if we, they, they didn't have the language. Exactly. To, even 1984 from, you know, the classic is based on the idea that people can't fight for freedom if they don't even have the word to think about it. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Wow. Let me leave you with one thought about okay. where or not this matters because a lot of times along the way i've said uh let's assume there's there is free will because if there's not it doesn't matter and i admit that there is a very big danger in doing this uh and 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 assuming that there's any relevance to it whatsoever uh and falling into the same trap of string theory right yeah yeah yeah. the whole premise is is that okay you can get all the laws of physics out of the string theory Mm -hmm. mathematically and ha- use it as an explanation for where all these things come from. But it, at the end of the day, it's just like a mathy way of saying that's just how things are. Exactly. And you can't prove it, right? Yes. You can, there's no test you can do yeah. because it does come up with our laws of physics. If you do a test, our laws of physics, yeah. it doesn't prove anything. Exactly. Yep. And plus, even if you do obsess over string theory or quantum physics and stuff like that, 
It's like, how does quantum physics actually affect my day-to-day life of, like, getting up and eating lunch and making sure I have a place to lay my head, you know? Uh, So the only way any of this kind of stuff is useful knowledge at all is if it it leads to uh, an application or a test. Mm -hmm. Pragmatism. Hey, you know what? If this is if this is the case, and our, our quantum deconstruction of all these words mm-hmm. is actually like the 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 structure of pattern uh, data transfers that emerge from a higher consciousness, you know, uh, yeah, it's probably got long term plans incorporated in. Uh, so it's like you know, it's conceivable that the inspirations that moved technology along the way, mm. almost all of them, when you study them are just like these the once in a million intuitive leaps to connect two things in a certain way. And then mm. it all falls into place. Ah, then, let me see. How did I want to put this last point? Testability is what string theory lacks. You can't test it. You can't verify it. Mm. You know, if it works, right. then everything's the same as it is. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. And if it doesn't work, we haven't gained new information. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do this with twenty people if the soil is good. If you if you listen, you'll hear. Mm-hmm. If if I gather up twelve like-minded people, uh-huh. I don't need to talk with. I just know they're like-minded. Hey, what are you doing? Fishing? Come with me. Okay. <laughs> well, I, they actually weren't like-minded. There's nah, a, not. a zealot. I, there's a tax collector. Yeah. Guy working for the Romans. You know why? Because even he needed everyone's perspective mm-hmm. to get his idea to click, yeah. to figure out what was really going on, yeah. to really pull the details out of the book. So yeah, yeah, it's like his uh, his study or not his uh, what's it called? Like when they uh, test screening, his like his, his test group, you know? Yeah, or it was just that he needed to put together a sub hypermind. Oh, because that's good too. Couldn't you know? I like that. Only ten or twenty neurons are connected to oh. make a pattern. Yeah. And what's uh like a really strong thought in your head or a strong feeling in your head is represented by more synapses firing mm. the same, same mm-hmm. time. Right? There's every every religion has this element of including some downtime to quietly right. con and commute whether it's meditation to connect with mm-hmm. your inner astral plane mm-hmm. or whether it's quiet contemplation and prayer mm-hmm. in your house of worship on the sabbath and when jesus sees that you're selling stuff inside of there even jesus himself flips the tables right this is where we take a moment to all align towards the greater good yeah. and you guys turned it into just another bank with your money grubbing this is not what any of this is about get out of here you are a prophet so if this theory is testable, uh-huh. then about 10 or 15 like-minded people could get together and communally, uh, meditatively kind of put all these aspects of different religions into one kind of central, uh, just a question for connection. Send uh-huh. it a ping the way you would in a in a computer. You know, the way two computers talk over the internet is one of them says, hey, are you there? And the other one says, yeah, what's up? And then uh-huh. it says, this is what we need. And they go from there. Uh-huh. Uh I was thinking along the lines of like, what, how, how does praying manifest in this? Well, that would, that, that's like repetitive, you know, that's just saying, Hey, but even that Jesus wasn't like saying Jesus was very opposed to repetitive language. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and he specifically says, don't, don't pray like these people over here 
who right. go out in public and are really loud in front of the whole synagogue. Yeah. And, and so if we're only allowed to use past information that we've developed to, to figure this part out, well, then that's just obviously because the actual words aren't important. It's your map of them. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're earnestly contributing to the, you may, you know, Hey, maybe if you get 10 people that agree to coordinate the same message mm-hmm. and then they each articulate that in their own way or meditate mm-hmm. towards that goal, whatever works for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe when people are doing it to devote themselves to some abstract, perfect, infallible yeah. infinity, like that's not going to, that's their, that's just false thoughts. That's yep. not being towards the goal. If you try and meditate and clear your mind of all yeah. consciousness, well, then you're not trying to commune with anything. You're actively trying not to, you know, so maybe all of them have an aspect of it, right? Mm. And if it is testable, mm. the only way you can figure it out is by testing it. So, yeah. Dang, dude. <sighs> yeah, some of that stuff about like the, I don't want to open this whole can of worms, but if if it's something that you're interested in, um, that that's something that, that guy, that scientist, uh, Rupert Sheldrake talks about is, teaching um like a group of 20 mice how to solve a maze or something and then like oh, a, yeah, a yeah. group of 20 you know another group of mice that never had contact with with the other group yeah. on the other side of the world also learns the information type of th- or that's what it, it, it seems like anyways and it's just this you know wild shit that could be quantum yeah, related I mean, could be you know who knows and i mean tell there, you know, there, it's not an uncommon reaction, even among people who aren't like religious, that they, well, I feel something. I yeah. believe in something. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't think it's any of this. Right. Maybe it's us. But, but that's the good word: is that you already know and you already feel in your bones that just all of this is wrong. Mm-hmm. This is just all wrong. I went back and listened to when we were talking the first time, mm. and I expressed my disgust for how we have the resources to let everyone have what they need without any hassle, right? Right. Food and water and a decent shelter should, you know, you, we could easily provide that to everyone for free. There's more vacant homes than there are homeless in this country. Mm. Well, Jesus says if you have something that somebody lacks and it's yep. extra for you and you don't give it to them, then you're just as bad as the rapists because it's not about the actual act. Mm-hmm. As long mm-hmm. as you work towards the greater good, don't worry about your judgment. You'll judge each yes. other once yep. you access all of everyone's lifetime memories. You're going to have to live with the judgment of what you've done. Mm-hmm. You've done, but as long as you're still in it for the group, you'll be part of that still. Right? It's yeah. still better than the alternative, mm-hmm. and that's why everything's judgment, even down to the and maybe even down to the fundamental level where it's just judging. Hey, what does the strong force want me to do? It took that vote. The mm. uh, weak force. Vote, it voted like this. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'll count up all their votes. I'm an electron. That's essentially what it is. Yeah, essentially. That's what it is. We're just using yeah. a different word to describe the process. And the word carries a connotation that we don't mean to put in it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, observation changes the quantum system. Oh, but observation implies an observer. No, nah, there just wasn't a word to use that meant all the same things without the observer. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some religions have people speak in tongues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've seen it. Even that fits. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I guess I don't really care if anyone believes it or not, but I, I challenge you to come up with an explanation that comfortably explains all of the inconsistencies mm-hmm. and even the minor stuff like that. Yeah. That's really good, man. Yep. And, uh, 
Yeah, I, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna send you a link with uh, a few different thinkers and like and and just a quick description of who they are. And, and if you're interested, you can click. Oh, click sure. On yeah, I'll account. check it out because I mean I don't know what to make of it. And you know, some people that I've talked to about this take like, oh boy, this guy's gone crazy and he went into quarantine for three months and now he <laughs> thinks he's a prophet. No, I don't. I don't think any of that. But I'm saying. You come up with a foundation story that works this well. Try it out, right? <laughs> yeah. Not, I'm not saying that quantum mechanics is wrong. Mm. I'm saying that scientists have been trying to prove it's wrong for 100 years and haven't come up with a way to, and they can hear the echo of a black hole through space. So I'm not, I don't know for sure <laughs> that it's right, but it's usable enough for me to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and so the, my closing thought on this would be, the weirdest part of it, though, to me, the weirdest part isn't like, ah, I think I just scientifically talked myself into believing the Bible. Right. That's not that's not weird. I'm just looking for analogies. Yeah. That's the, their whole. What's weird to me is that I think in terms of like, you know, I take new thing. Hey, why, why is this the case? OK, that makes sense in this context. Why? Why are swear words such a big deal? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, typically our swear words are curse words are words that do nothing but inject an adjective that describes the value of our anger mm-hmm, yeah. traits that we associate with that. Yep. And that by swearing, mm-hmm. whether you mean it to be that way or is just like a zinger to add some humor, mm-hmm. it's, it's still decoding to add some level of anger to the metric, to the right. value, the sure. match that that's true. Okay, well, that also is in line with uh, all of this. Even something a little minor like that. Mm-hmm. And even even that is not the spooky part. The spookiest part is that after I realized that, like it it just seems wrong to swear. Like, I can't... It feels like I haven't sworn once, except like uh, maybe by accident one time when I was a little too fast. But... Uh, the weird part is that just like uh, putting that piece together made me go like, yeah, I don't really need to say that and contribute hate to the world. Wow. Dang, Mike. So, you know, even if it's not true and even if it's not testable. Yeah, it's positive. Like even just thinking of the idea made me evaluate yeah. Atha. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, even just entertaining the thought. Shit, Mike, I would never have guessed that this is what you wanted to talk about today. <laughs> Well, see, if I would have told you, hey, we got to have a show because I solved physics and religion, uh, <laughs> right. you would have kind of, yeah. No, I don't know. I come from yeah. you. I'd, I'd be like, oh, I'd, I'd be just as intrigued. That's awesome, dude. Um, I was going to ask you, have you seen, since we're moving towards wrapping up, dude, we've been going over, over four hours, bro. I know, I know. You're going to have uh, a heck of a job editing this. Woo! But, uh, but uh, have you seen the... Netflix show um, Nobody's Looking or no it's not Netflix it's a Brazilian show um, called Nobody's Looking hmm I don't think so dude 100% I saw the other show that guy made about the little spy drones the surveillance drones oh okay uh, yeah I didn't see that um, but it's dude yeah I think I think you'd like it it's pretty much kind of the judeo-christian setup of there's all these angels um kind of i guess in quote-unquote heaven or whatever and um they get daily assignments from god pretty much they call him the boss uh they get daily assignments of people that they have to protect to be guardian angels or whatever 
And there's this one angel who's actually being critical and like questioning things and be like, why are we assigning these people? Why is this this way? Why is this that way? They're always told, never go into the boss's office. Never go into the boss's office, student. That's the one rule for the angels. Like, never do that. And so he breaks that rule, and he goes to the boss's office, and there's nobody in there. There's just a mouse on a wheel running and sp- and, and uh, spinning and operating this machine that randomly assigns humans and angels. So then the question of, you know, for us, the series is like, you know who built this machine was there a god and is not there anymore uh, it's just like it's really it's like these angels wrestling with agnosticism and it's really cool and it's hilarious oh, yeah. it's hilarious nice well i'll keep an eye out for it. yeah it's good it's on netflix all right mike well this has been fucking awesome dude yeah so contemplate let me know if you have any further thoughts or honestly if any of your i don't know how many people listen to your show if any viewers have any thoughts i'd love to hear it because if if i if i came across an example that was like here if you apply your analogy to this part like then it it starts unraveling you can see the Mm -hmm. because i haven't found that yet Mm -hmm. if you find one hey or if anyone finds if anyone's more fluent in islam or buddhism or taoism yeah and you see how that's like another piece of the quantum puzzle uh-huh. maybe you need a different points of view like uh like a, a fisherman and a preacher and a whatever to when you send your code out have everyone uh-huh. unravel it yeah you know right right right. let's just get the feedback from yeah. you if you have if you get any i'm very curious to hear it hey all i can do is put my words out there and see how they filter through the big picture you know yeah so like you said <laughs> Meta, meta, meta on meta, meta, meta. Some meta shit going on around here. That's the goal. That's that's what happens when I don't have any of the <sighs> obligations that sort of find myself at three in the morning talking to spiders in the basement going, <laughs> hey, do you guys think that... Am I crazy? Or, yeah, <laughs> just vocalizing it to somebody. Something. Yeah, but I, I definitely thought for sure you were one of the first people I thought like, oh, Caleb's got to hear this. Oh yeah, dude, you know me. This is this is yeah, my this shit is right here. All right, good time to break for me. Uh, All right, brother. Well, it was, it was good it was even fun. just talking to you. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank seen you forever. Yeah, good having you on, Mike. Thanks for being part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, find us on social media at Sacred MN. If you enjoyed this show, you might also like Loosen the Bible Belt with Kristen Becker and myself, Jay Baker. So my mind was just being blown, and then we invaded Afghanistan. And what really affected me was like I saw the statistics of our military people who were, you know, losing their lives over there. And you know, every one I thought of the parents, you know, what they were going through. I, I was very fresh for me. I knew what they were feeling. So I'm just getting very absorbed with the whole 9/11 thing. And then the rhetoric started coming out about uh, Islamophobic rhetoric about how horrible Muslims were. That you know, they're all terrorists, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I just wasn't buying it. So that's when I started thinking about it and the, the weird thing was that 10 years later the anti-Muslim sentiment and even hate crimes are higher than they were right after 9-11 and so that's when I decided it was time to speak up for my friends and I wasn't a Christian anymore really I mean I, it, was, it was a long process moving out of it. I guess that really depends on how people define Christian right because it sounds to me like you were becoming more of a Christian. <laughs> well true. In the truest sense.
That was a post-Christian podcast. <laughs> mm.